0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Hotline League. What a great episode we have in store for you because LCS is kicking off this week. Yes, we are finally back for the summer split. It's going to be fantastic. Can't wait to get into discussion there. Uh, And alongside that, we have a special guest in Parth who I will be introducing, but he's on to expand upon all of his controversial tweets because he's starting to feel... Like the fame is leaving him. And so he's got a grasp for relevance by saying outrageous and outlandish things on Twitter. But first, we got Mark Zimmerman here, my constant co host. How's it going, Mark?
1: It's going great. Uh, Yeah. Leave it there. That's it? Yeah. Did anything happen this week? We played board games.
0: We played board games, uh, which was fun.
1: I won seven wonders off my science tree because I'm a genius. That's really hard. That's ridiculously hard i had i i think i had two sets of three and then two three of a kinds and the other one still had yeah so two three of a kinds plus two sets of three so it was like 36 points or whatever and i forget how the math works it was ridiculous
0: it was offensive to me as somebody who was playing for the first time okay (laughs) um and but you guys have also been shooting stuff this week like you were busy today right
1: yeah, uh, LCS should have a lot of content coming. I mean, I think you saw one thing today to celebrate yes. League 10. Uh, they just have a lot of stuff coming out, both to hype the split as well as like League 10 stuff. I think it'll be a good split with a lot of cool content.
0: Nice. All right, well, let's get to our guest. Coming back after an over four-year hiatus, almost half a decade uh, since he was last on the show, we have Parth here to assign essays left and right. Oh, uh, uh, there it is. How has is, how is, uh, retirement been, esports retirement?
2: I thought you were going to slowly ease into that, but no, it's right (laughs) off the gate in the intro. Uh, no, it's been fun. Uh, I think I took, well, I mean, I mean, I'm still on vacation kind of, but it's been good to take a break, figure out other things that I want to do. Um, I recommend anyone who's stressed out on an esports team to go take like five months off, come back with a new perspective. If you want to come back.
0: Yeah. Uh, have you decided you want to come back? Is that, is that where we're at?
2: Uh, I'll be working on a couple of projects in esports, but I don't think I'll be back working for a team.
0: Gotcha. Okay, very good. Uh, but you are in Los Angeles right now. For the you you moved during this break, but then also yep. you're now you're currently in LA. Are you yep. able to say what for?
2: Uh yeah, I just was meeting up with people. The collegiate tournament was also here, and I've not met a lot of the guys. So I just figured it was a good weekend to come down, visit old friends, and kind of hang out.
0: Nice. Well, we haven't hung out yet and we haven't made any plans to hang out. So you say old friends. Oh no.
2: What does that mean? Do, do you want me to show you the discord message where I'm like, I can stop by and meet your cat and you're like, there's no cat here.
0: Yeah, that exactly. That and you don't then, need to show me that subbed it all up. It wasn't like you wanted and, to hang out. And, and then, then I
2: also asked, can I come hang out and use the computer behind you? Implying, you know, we could do something before or after. And you just ghosted me. I yeah. Mean, I don't I, understand how I, I know
0: I didn't get that message.
2: Today. I know I'm only here because you need me for content, then you won't talk to me again. That's
0: I, fine. I, just, I'm did, down to hang that's out. That's star relationship. I'm down did
2: to you hang out. Need, need a, a four
1: year around. break from hotline league? Is that why it's taken four years to get you back on? Was it just that you're busy or was it like the callers annoyed you so much that you needed a four year recovery?
2: I don't know. Did you... I don't think I was invited. I don't think think I I ever asked
0: him again after the essay thing.
1: Wow, what the fuck, Travis? Well,
0: there was a very... It's already... First off, there was always the TSM aspect where it's like extra difficult to ever get folks from TSM. Plus, there was the essay thing. Plus, there was just a lot of reasons that made Parks not the top of the list for for guests. He was
2: just... Done getting rejected over and over again.
0: I mean, yeah, honestly, yes. Yeah. That is uh, was, a big part kind of why there have been times where I yeah. haven't requested interviews with TSM. Uh, regardless, you're a free man now. Um, I am. How long are you in LA for? Uh, I leave tomorrow. Okay. Well, there goes that plan. I guess we're not hanging out. Uh, when are you back?
2: Uh, I don't know. I haven't planned my next trip yet.
0: No. I've had a ton of friends trying to get me up to Seattle, so maybe I'll, I'll end up doing that at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, Trying to think if there's any other nonsense we need to talk about. I played Magic: The Gathering for the first time. Well, I don't think I'd ever played paper magic. Um, I played WoW TCG way back in the day. And yesterday, I got to go play at the Alienware training facility. Damian Estrada invited me, and I played with in a. There's. Did you guys know there's like a a version of Magic now called like Commanders, where you play? That's been
1: around forever.
0: It's like a four-person free-for-all. Is it always a four-person free-for-all? Yes. Okay. Rears I did not know that that was a thing. I knew about like double-headed ogre and all that. but You I, should
1: watch Command Zone. It's an excellent show. It's actually insanely good. It's okay. like TV quality good. It's what? Jimmy Wong and, uh, oh my God, Josh Lee Kwai.
0: Well, I played, um, I I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to play Magic because I've only played like Duels of the Planeswalkers on PC and then like I have my WoW TCG knowledge. And then I stepped into this this setting is my first outing into magic which was maybe a mistake because it's like D magic like this is a dnd set and then it's like commanders and all this stuff is very confusing and yet i won i beat steve and damien and artris uh, and then kobe also won at his table and then i had to go record a podcast and so i couldn't finish but then kobe won the whole thing even though he also like a new we had to go buy like card protectors and whatever all this stuff it was it was a a land uh set what do they call this land boxes whatever stage something that was a great time
2: this sounds like something where you you want to get someone new to come and play with you so you just invite them and let them win the first time and then they're incentivized to like invest more and bring you in more so i've got an important i got an important
1: question parth what do you do for fun what's what's like you know, you stick, take a step back from the, the scene. I know you're working on a lot of other stuff, but, like, what's the... Are you a movie binger, TV show,
2: games? I do a lot of movies and TV shows. Games, it just depends. I get obsessed for... I get obsessed over games. And then, like, last one was Divinity Original Sin 2. I played oh, it, like so good twice. Uh, and I still want to play it again with a new build. Uh, I was obsessed with Legends of Runeterra for, like, four months last year, where... Every waking moment that I had free, I would just tab it open and playing it. I went to a friend's wedding, uh, and I just couldn't like. it like just paying attention. Like, I, I, I did like the I did like the courtesies and like. Then I just disappeared off into a corner. I was just playing Legends of Runeterra on the side, and where Amy found me like an hour and a half later. Um, so yeah, I just get really obsessed with games, and then I kind of drop them and go through periods where I'm not playing anything.
0: Uh, neither of you guys have touched the new TFT set, right? No. I've been playing a shit ton of it. It's actually really good. The new set, I think, is really, really good. It's the first time. It's the most I've been into it, I feel like, since uh, maybe the first or second set. So uh, it's good. It's good. All right. Uh, shout out to Grubhub and Alienware for sponsoring the show. We will talk more about them as the show progresses. But let's talk about a bunch of stuff. What What's all the hottest news, Mark? What's uh, the latest goss?
1: Uh, Parth's Twitter. That's what's hot. He's been doing 10 takes for over 10 days leading up to the lcs i think you're on day eight
2: yeah i think so but apparently i skipped day six so oh
1: well that lines up well because then tuesday wednesday thursday and then the games start friday so there you go
0: did you and you didn't intend to do this you just tweeted out about uh about something you tweeted about uh the top five teams being being close yeah and then and then everyone started freaking out yeah uh, but apparently so,
2: my other takes haven't been that controversial, so... Yes. Well, th-
0: you are now learning what it's like to be on the outside, where what you did was you tweeted about TSM, and then you're like, whoa, there's all this engagement. If people care about this stuff. There's all these opinions. And then you start tweeting about these other teams, and uh, and you'll just notice that it doesn't... Not as much is going to happen there. I
1: think. Wait, his, his Day 7 one banged about Wild Turtle.
0: I really don't care about engagement (laughs) but
1: okay that's that's bullshit i know you you got your analytics up you're fucking checking out your your engagement yeah yeah
0: yeah Yeah, wild turtle one's pretty big uh this is the first split since the start of lcs that wild turtle isn't starting he's one of the most underrated players in lcs history uh is yours uh so you just decided to go for this you were like oh there's 10 days i can do 10 of these or one a day or whatever
2: I mean, it was like Justin from riot, who was like 10 controversial tweets. I'm like, you're going to regret that.
0: Yeah.
2: And I started talking about like LCS viewership and stuff. And internally he's probably like, oh no, that's not something that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're used to it at this point in time. We all talk about LCS viewership. Half of the conversation around LCS is about the viewership. Um, anyway, so you're back on the show. Glad to have you here. Uh, and. We're going to talk about that Uh, so folks have seen any of Parth's controversial tweets we can get into it. maybe you have stuff that you disagree with maybe you have things that you agree with uh, and you can call in and and give takes about that Uh, breaking news today was that Trisha is leaving FlyQuest which means FlyQuest is back to being a team that no one knows anything about and has no identity because she was essentially all of the identity for that organization Uh, so that's pretty interesting the new LCS promo hit uh, I don't know if there's much to talk about there, but I'm sure some people will have some opinions. Uh, anything else that I'm forgetting? Uh,
1: the players embargo lifted today, so reviews are starting to come in from that. I think we can talk about where we were yes, last Monday, finally. We can. Uh,
0: Thank you for all me.
1: Yeah, I have my power rankings. There was also. Did, did the Berserker passport news that he just lost it come out? Yeah, I think or
0: we had f- talked about that. I'm. Pretty sure. Okay. Cause we talked about how you couldn't really like keep people's passports and yeah. All the weirdness there.
2: Right. I have right, a really right. funny passport story.
0: Yeah. Hit us. What is it? Yeah.
2: It was, um, summer 2017 playoffs. We were in Boston. We were about to leave. We're all sitting in the hotel lobby and Bjergsen can't find his passport. And he's just like, where is it? I don't know where it is. And then he like flips open his giant suitcase because he has to carry around his entire closet for some reason. Uh, and it's just like all his clothes are like strewn on the hotel floor. It's like, can't find it. I don't know where it is. Checks everywhere, runs back to the hotel room, checks everywhere, comes back, and he's freaking out. And he has a reason to freak out because he does this all the time. Um, an hour later, it it like clicks in him that in order to secure his passport and not lose it, he'd put it in his safe in the hotel room. And that's where it was
0: well at least it was safe
2: it was
1: safe yeah (laughs) i'm gonna put this thing in the most random place that's hard to get to (laughs) in order to make sure i don't lose it and then promptly forget that you put it in the the place that's hard to get into nice yeah
0: yeah uh okay so i think that's that's most of it and then i think the the final bit yeah so would love to hear people's takes on players mark Mark and I have seen the first three episodes. We won't spoil anything. But Parth, can... have you seen any?
2: Seen what?
1: Players? Players? The Paramount Show? Oh no, I haven't. Okay. Not yet.
0: But if, if folks want to call in or whatever, ask yeah. questions about what we think about it, I think we can That's do that. It uh, comes it's on out, Thursday.
1: Yeah, it comes out the sixteenth, but like yeah. the embargo lifted today. So yeah. Oh, I see. I'm not cool enough to get access. Anymore. Oh, you're not embargoed? Wow.
0: The first You're
1: right, Travis, he's fading from relevance so fast. He hasn't the been in
0: You need you need to put out more controversial tweets. the The first four <laughs> episodes drop on the sixteenth. So, but we can we can talk about it. Um, and then Mark and I, I think are going to be doing some content reactions and reflections and stuff like that around it. Um, yeah. It hits, so, uh, and then the final thing is, LCS kicks off this Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we can talk about. Uh, or we can we can dive in on all things lcs so first matches c9 eg uh, i think we can start to have predictions you know the, I, the the hotline league uh listenership loves to call in with takes like oh eg is going to be good because they've got these five players and not mention any other players or any other team or have any reflect you know whatever either way i'm sure we're going to get a ton of great predictions from all you folks like we always do um and, and that's i think going to be most of the show so I'm sure a lot of you have already been uh, sharing your takes in the Discord channel, but if you haven't, uh, please go use pleb topics or subtopics chat. Uh, if you use subtopics or if you are a sub of the channel, uh, make sure that you sync with Discord so you can drop that into the subtopics. And we're looking less for necessary questions. I mean, if you might, we get sometimes flexible. This is with a better guests. question episode. Yeah, yeah. If you have a question for Parth, like, what do you think? Whatever. How's this TSM team going to do? Or what do you think of the current state of the league or any of these different things obviously we can do that but we're oftentimes looking more for for takes like you think this is going to happen or you I you think this is this needs to change or whatever so and and here's why so that's that's a more of the stuff that we tend to look for but uh, Mark is pulling some folks right now so I guess we can check back in here uh, Parth, what are what are you looking forward to in summer split of LCS.
2: Mm, i mean i already tweeted this i think the top five is pretty close um and there's a lot of like every team has something super different that could go right or go wrong so it's actually like one of the more exciting splits of lcs compared to some of the others where a lot of the rankings and everything are kind of a foregone conclusion
0: yeah yeah i think i think that's that's fair i'm sure there's a lot of people that have interesting opinions on your, your tsm stuff we actually talked about your, your TSM and top five uh, take last week on Hotline League, so hopefully we get into that and Mark can reiterate his opinions. I think we're yeah. ready for the first caller if you want to grab him, Mark.
3: Coming in hot, Treethan.
0: Treethan, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from?
3: Uh, calling from Jersey City, uh, New Jersey.
0: Jersey City. You've been on a couple times before. What do you want to talk about in this episode?
3: Um, So I think TSM is going to be last place again this split, and I have similar reasoning for when I said this last split.
0: Well, coming in hot. Okay, so go ahead. I said
3: it was. Yep. Look to quote a very fantastic jungler. I am a rat, so you know. Oh yeah, you.
0: For those that don't know, you were the one that called in, predicted. Didn't you? Episode. What was your first prediction? It was that they would finish last in spring and summer.
3: Yeah, and then I told Spika that they never take a game off of Team Liquid. Okay, and then and he then you called you call a, rat. a rat. Yeah. Okay. I actually started playing a lot of Twitch after that, too. <laughs> okay. I tried uh, getting into character.
0: Gotcha. All right. So, then what what do you think is going to hold them back this time? Because they've obviously made changes. Um, I still
3: think it's going to be synergy issues. I don't think, think Maple's gonna going to play well with them uh, as well as their new support. I felt like Shenyi and Maple could have been a better combo. I, I'm pretty sure Shenyi just got moved back to Academy. So I'm curious uh, how that's going to work out.
1: Gotcha. Did he just get moved back to Academy?
0: I thought there was a tweet about that. Am I
1: might I... I have missed it. I mean, I did my power rankings today, which would be unfortunate because I said Shenyi.
0: Natural Ninja says, yes, he did. Indeed, he did. Management said they're mixing and matching the two supports. Yeah, um, that's
3: kind of why I thought that they would be in last again because they really
0: shouldn't be doing that. He's competing for the spot. Yeah, I mean, it's never, especially this early on, whenever you start to see kind of changes like that, I feel like it, at least from the outside, it paints like a pretty concerning picture. So, okay, so your take is last place. Do you think dead last?
3: Yeah, dead last. 10th place, And, like, I... That will I, I'm selfishly want them to be dead last. So because last time I said summer split two
0: <laughs> and, you'll, and so, you'll feel like you'll look like a god if you called it at the beginning of the year. Yes.
3: Uh, Bronze League of Legends player uh, Treethan will be a crazy analyst. Yes. Very exactly good. how that will work.
0: OK, uh, so let's get into this, uh, Mark. OK, I know that Parth is going to handle the majority of this. So let me get you first, Mark. What do you think?
1: So in my Power Ranking video, I put them seventh in in the regular season um, by the end of it. And my my reasoning was largely like, they have plenty of firepower. And if the team gels, I can see them breaking into top five. But like the organizational issues that plagued them last split um, and stuff like that was still a concern. As well as like, you don't know if the team will actually work well together. Um, And I said that they're one of my hardest teams to place. Uh, so I put them 7th almost more as like an average, but like anything between 10th and 5th made sense to me um, I did not actually at the time know about the support swapping that was going on Which makes me even more sketched out a little bit Had you um, known, that- where
0: would you, and by the way this power ranking studio if people want to watch It's on the, the YouTube channel, um, the, the TGI YouTube channel But uh, where would you have placed them you think if you, you saw the support stuff beforehand Would it have moved them down to 8th?
1: yeah probably eighth um just because golden guardian i mean i'm not super hot on golden guardians to be fair but like uh at least their roster changes aren't like they're not still trying to figure things out though i i wouldn't be shocked if golden guardians makes a roster change sometime in summer too so i don't know it's kind of kind of hard to
2: tell
0: okay parth without assigning the caller an essay what would you what do you think (laughs) of his take
2: (laughs) um i mean it I think it's fair if you're assuming that they're going to have the same, like, management and operational issues. Uh, The caveat I would say is, like, I think the issues happened because there was, like, a big transition and, like, a lot of people leaving and coming in. Uh, Like, I think Glenn, their new assistant GM, only came in, like, at March Uh, at the time. I don't think they had any, like, translators or anyone to kind of help the players. And so it was, like, a big period of, like, getting everyone's, like, feet under them, um, and figuring things out. And obviously since they had a pretty long off season, I figured like they do, did their due diligence and figured out what they needed and kind of showed up a lot of those things. Um, cause I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, so I personally think slash hope the management issues shouldn't be as big. Uh, and I just believe that the players themselves are just skilled enough that they should be able to carry past a lot of the, at least the bottom
0: four teams. Uh, part, there's been a lot of people who have been worried about Maple because of his most recent performance in LPL. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to address that in sort of the the Twitter blow up from your your take on them being top five. But, uh, you know, is that something that's just something you're not concerned about?
2: Um, well, let's put it this way, right? Let's say LPL is, like, the best region in the world. And most of their, like, players and the laners and teams he's playing against are world class. When's the last time you saw a mid laner from NA go to Worlds and smash the op- opponents? Not yeah. really. So I think the benchmark for NA to be compared against LPL is pretty unfair. Um, and he also did pretty well on PSG last year. Um, Glenn's also worked with him before, so there's already like pre-existing synergy. Uh, and then obviously when I wrote the post, it was assuming that he would help Shenny integrate a little bit more. He'd provide like a veteran base for Spika. So I obviously think he's... a like a more stable upgrade in the short term for the team. And I don't think he should have as many issues. Like, even if he is like not the greatest mid laner in the world, I don't think that puts them, puts TSM at 10th, if that's what I'm trying to
0: contest. Do you have any, do you have any concerns now that you've heard the support information, like, that makes Mark a little bit more nervous for the team. Has that changed your opinion at all?
2: It depends on what's happening internally. Like, I honestly don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it is a little bit sketchy, but like the messaging after I look it up is like, Mia's doing incredibly well, and he's like top of the ladder in Challengers queue. And I don't know how much weight people put on Challengers queue because I haven't like, like well, it's called Champions that queue.
0: That's the biggest uh, oh, thing. So. Sorry,
2: that's I haven't. My bad. Heart doesn't actually <laughs> care about player
1: development. That's what we learned here. This is we how we learn the name yeah. of the system.
2: Yeah. So.
0: Uh, chal- uh yeah, Challengers League. Uh, he's been doing really great in Challengers League. Um, Chester
1: United's gonna bring him up any minute now. Q.
0: Champions Q. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, uh, Mark, any any interest in pushing back on any anything that Parth raised here?
1: No, I mean, in my video, I said the same thing about like the LPL standard is not like a fair benchmark to use in NA. Um, even the best North American mids in the last couple of years of Jensen and Bjerg have not been even, like, the most lane dominant, like Chizuke previously or something. So, like, JoJo's maybe the most aggressive laner, um, but he's also, I think you can trick him (laughs) in some ways. Like, he's still uh, green and and makes some, like, decision-making mistakes. So, like, it's not like you're playing Rookie or Chovy or, like, these other godlike mids who will just, like, hard dump on you if you make these kinds of mistakes. I just don't think our, our mid pool are the
2: type of players to exploit Maple's supposed weaknesses i want to follow up on that just, just a random caveat i actually think that jojo is the best laner in NA if he knows the matchup like if he doesn't get thrown in Nivea or something random yeah out of
0: nowhere i mean that's a pretty big statement is that going to be one of your tweets i don't think that's controversial though at all you say <laughs> that but like uh in what was it last week we uh mark said that he felt Mark, you got a ton of pushback um, for your statements about how you thought that JoJo held his own at MSI later on in the tournament. I feel like there's a ton of people who are like JoJo copium. JoJo's not even that great. JoJo blah blah blah. And so I think there's a lot of critics about him. So I f- that's why I so feel like it's a all from
3: Europe.
1: I was gonna say I didn't read those comments. I just assumed that yeah they're they're from Europe. Uh, but to be fair. He didn't make all pro, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was Jurg, Fudge, Takoyi. Um, and so, like, I had put Jojo on my top, uh, my all pro ballot, but I, I don't think it was like universally accepted that he was even a top three mid in North America last split. Um, so, so uh, may- maybe it's less. Maybe it's more controversial than I feel as well. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's been pretty clear, though, that his laning, at least, is best in the league. Um, like Parth said, with a caveat.
2: I actually want to flip, like, before we like wrap up, I was just kind of curious to caller slash mark. If you were to make changes in TSM's shoes, what would you do? Do uh, you want to go first, or should I, treat tre- Treethan, go first. Uh, I'll,
0: I'll,
3: I'll go first. Uh... Or do you just think they're unsalvageable? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I would really, but I, this is more of a blanket statement. I would really like TSM, TSM's. I think youth development infrastructure seems pretty solid. In terms of that, so honestly, I would do co- kind of copy what EG is doing and just kind of pull from the young areas. Have speaker there. Have another veteran-ish player there, and then like what EG is doing. Have the three other roles uh you know be filled out um my my take is it it, it depends
1: what the people who i answer to want uh, because maybe reggie or whoever goes we can't be worse than clg get out there and fix something and i'm like all right maple it is sounds great you know i can't imagine he was too expensive he works within this kind of like more lpl um mindset that the, the organization seems to have. Like he's a good band-aid fix, I think, like you said, to bring in some veteran leadership and hopefully be a stable mid laner for this roster and like pull you out of potentially the bottom half of the league. I don't hate that move. I think um bot lane uh, did they have they had another import slot, right? Yeah. So like you, you maybe could have tried to snipe Ignar over FlyQuest. Like I, I don't know how that negotiation would have went. Maybe if you're trying to really salvage it, you, you grab another veteran. Otherwise, with no franchising i mean with, with no relegation around I, I i'm a kind of a fan of just being like yeah we this 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 roster's not making worlds like that that's my honest take on this team even with like top half like like we're saying as the upside i still don't see them nudging out one of the three teams And it's like what are we building towards then like like let's make speak a happy because i assume it's going to be a big contract negotiation coming up with him um that would be a heavy emphasis on what i decided to do in summer what like what would make speak a happy um and then try and figure out like what's the future of the org which pieces can we keep more so than like band dating that would be, i would rather rebuild a little bit more than try and like reload as the two topics that people often call them this feels more like a reload to me but again i don't know what internal pressure was
0: mark is there a world where you would have considered jensen
1: yeah i mean it's he times, was like the know, big name
0: is... free agent in the off season alongside nisky if you want to throw nisky in there but I, don't know. I
1: mean, I, w- I would talk to him for sure. I just assume he's not coming, <laughs> especially if C9's hitting him up too. You know, like it, given the current situation of the two teams, I think it's, it's easy to see which one he's going to want to go to.
0: Yeah, I just, yeah, I think it's interesting to to consider like what, who who were the free agents in the offseason and who TSM could have actually tried to go for and and how they ended up with, with Maple. Because it is in some ways, like it fits in with the broader strategy, but I do feel like I don't know I feel like TSM fans were a little surprised I um, we'll see I think well, it's I think it's just weird because it's a middle
2: ground right it's not like uh yeah. it's not a rebuild because like initially like last off season coming into this year it was like okay we we try to bring in these rookies they're gonna need a lot of time to develop maybe you hit your stride by summer but it's like a multi-year plan right um and if things don't go work out you still have Jensen and nisky as fas you still have Mickey X and Ignar at the time who were FA that you can just be like, fuck it, it's not working, let's just bring them in. Any common notion of those are going to probably put you in the top three or top four. So this is kind of a middle ground where you bring in Maple, but still you keep Shenyi, slash bring in MIA, Mia, whatever. Um, So, yep.
0: I, like, that's the, whenever this stuff first got announced, I think one of the things I talked about on the show is like, the changes on TSM right now feel, ironically, very CLG to me. Um, because I feel like you you kind of have these two different directions from from teams in the league where you try to go big and you go buy like great talent and you spend too much money, etc. And then you have the other direction of the league where it's like, we're going to try to develop stuff. And if we do well, great. Otherwise, we'll transfer some of these players to other teams in the future and make some money and, and rebuild again. This current TSM roster feels like a strange in-between. Like, the fact that you're saying top five, Parth, I assume you don't mean... Like, whenever you think that they, they'll they be top five, do you think there's a chance they could be top three?
2: If things implode slash meta is right? Those two things?
0: Yeah. Because, like, the, I just feel like it is, it is to your point, it is a middle ground. It's like, what are you getting for this? Like, what are, are TSM fans going to be happy if you... I guess they'll be happier than if you land last, but also it's maybe not the most compelling thing to end up in the middle. Uh, I know I know we were mostly talking about Parth and, and Mark's opinions on the CSM team but and how, how well they'll do. but for me, I feel like so much of how this TSM team does is gonna count based off the first three weeks because if they if they go zero six in the first three weeks, I feel like whether you want to call it checking out or you want to call it like mental booming or you want to call it whatever, I worry that after such a disastrous spring, it will be hard for the team to, like, recover. And, the, you know, Parth, you formerly ran the team. Mark, you have the coaching side, so tell me if I'm wrong. But I, that's just whenever I, I feel like things will start to trend really down really quickly if they cannot at least get some confidence underneath them within the first couple of weeks.
1: I mean, the things that made the roster go through some upheaval in spring... Like, you don't know if those scars have healed or those wounds have healed. Like, in 2015, our team clashed a lot. And in 2016, we're like, let's mostly run it back. And, like, we weren't even through preseason before we were like, that was a fucking dumb idea. And, like, we had to change just, like, literally everything, including me just being like, I can't do it. I'm over it. You know, like, so keeping four-fifths of the roster and just bringing in Maple, like, you know... a lot of the things, if there if there were clashes behind the scenes, those probably are still going to be issues if they start losing or like um, start feeling some pressure.
0: Yeah, no team is going zero seven
2: without having some problems.
0: <laughs> uh, oh yeah, zero seven. Thank you for it. we have the first three games. Uh, we, regardless, Treadon, thank you so much for the call. We'll see you got it right in spring. We'll see if you can get it right again in the summer. But I feel like. It'll be more difficult for you in summer, uh, given some of the changes they've made recently. So anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller?
3: You know, cryptocurrency is crashing. TSMFTX. Just makes sense. Just Uh, makes sense.
0: A a very interesting analogy. Either way, thank you, Trithid, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm. All right. Mark is off to grab the next caller.
1: Wrong. I'm checking Ethereum.
0: Mark is checking Ethereum. Should I be t- taking a sponsor break right now? Oh, off he goes. Okay, thank you to some folks in the chat. We've got subs from Ar Trethen, Lil Little Bonaparte, Girlish Menace, Scaff, uh, Mike and Antort, Lord Audie, Blue Jay, Jobadiah, and Nero. Uh, I love you, chat. Uh, D. Fitch with the Tier 2 Demon Devi, and Zemelkai is here. Zemelkai, welcome back to the show again. Uh, Remind everyone where you're calling from.
4: I'm calling from the United Kingdom.
0: You're a little quiet, and I have you pretty close to Max, if you can get a little louder.
4: Uh, Yes, is this any better?
0: Yes, much better. What do you want to talk about on the show this week?
4: Okay, so I have a question for Path. Uh, So this is a hypothetical scenario You get to possess the body of either John Needham, Head of Global Esports or anyone working at Riot in a position of power, so if you want LCS commissioner like take your pick, you get to possess their body for long enough to make one change to League Esports, either on a global or LCS level. Whatever change you make, once you stop possessing, they'll keep it going, so you don't need to worry about like having it undone the moment you stop. What single change do you implement?
0: Dude, Parth, before you answer, the secret is, possess someone's body who you think does a bad job and then quit your job. And then- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. This is the
1: biggest fucking
2: call out.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the thing about Riot is it's hard to say who has the position of power to impact certain changes because usually the public facing figures, the people like you talk to from the team side, uh, usually don't kind of control a lot of things. It's like the global team and like ride proper who does a lot of that. So in,
1: in the spirit of the question though, let's say it's less important who you specifically possess and more like, what's the change that you, you would make if you can make one change.
0: Parth thinking at the moment, just for our podcast. It's it's so while he
2: thinks I'll, mean, this is a spicy one. There's so many things I would change. So. I want every academy team or academy players to have the chance to go to Korea. So, I mean, this is like, I mean, this is not like the power move. This is just like, just have our academy teams, just let them be run in Korea. Academy broadcasts are online anyway. They get way better training overall. um, And they're going to be a lot more prepared when they move up to LCS than staying in NA. So that's like the soft answer. Uh, The bigger answer is like, I would change how Riot, like Riot the publisher interacts with like the scholastic ecosystem, um, and they've already made a lot of good changes by, like, soft cutting off their relationship with play versus, uh, and now high schools and collegiate teams and, like, amateur programs overall have, like, the freedom to run their own programs where before they were kind of stuck behind this paywall, um, and it made it really hard for players in high schools and, um, the U.S. kind of get involved in league in a meaningful way. So, I don't know. There's just so many things I would want to change. I would want to change the ro- the world's format, but that's also, like, uh, there are so many things I would change. I don't know. Can I do them all in one day?
0: <laughs> no, no. I think no. I just... Zabel, I was asking you, okay, here, let's pick top three, then. If it's that difficult, pick three. I know you mentioned three just now, so I don't know if those would be your three or if you want to sub-sub something in or out. Uh sure. Well... While he's thinking, Parth. Uh, uh, while Parth is thinking, Mark, is there anything that you can think of that you would like to change?
1: Um, I would go to a major esque system. Uh, mm-hmm. most likely, oh, wow. I would. I would change the 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 global like uh, rules so that you would have a spring, a summer, and a fall split. They are very short. They are not like the nine weeks or whatever you know. And you get into playoffs, and then you you pick a couple teams, and the first two are more MSI esque, um, so a little bit more exclusive, and then the third one's the Worlds one, um, which has like the teams that did well at the previous major auto qualify. You can get some other like seating in through the last split that takes more teams in, and then you still have like the big Worlds, but then you get two MSIs that are a little bit more uh, international competition. And probably make these double elim or something. You know, like I, I would change a lot of the format. I would just like take thro- throw every tool I had in my like random bullshit. Go, you know, like that meme at the at the schedule.
0: Do you do like league based play in the situation mark uh, for the splits, or do you do? Uh, yeah, like, I, would, I would keep stuff.
1: league play. I think I think people hate league play, and it goes too far. Like I understand the reasons they don't like it. Um, it can get like a little repetitive, and so I think league play for like a single round robin over the course of four or five weeks is good just to quickly see a playoff bracket and only knock out the teams that like clearly suck, but then like keep a bigger, uh, playoff system. So like if you could take a 13 week season, which is I think what it is right now, four weeks of playoffs, nine weeks of regular play and like compress it down to like eight. So like four weeks, regular season, four weeks, playoffs again. And then like, uh, then go into an international tournament and just like, I don't want to make the season longer. I don't want to make the pros work more. I would almost like to give them more off time, hopefully. Um, but like, just get through everything faster would, would kind of be the goal.
2: Yeah, so yeah. I actually oh love that. And I, I would love for that to happen. Uh, I would kind of change it a little bit, where it would be like, a, like you don't know, have Tennis has slams, and it's like, they have like four slams. You can do like three, and then you have you have worlds or something like that. Uh, where you have like short like regular season tournaments or something or like even a small regular season and then the top teams go to like europe um and then they do like a tournament and then they come back do something else and then they go to asia or something and have a second tournament i would love like combinations of different regions uh and teams having tournaments and this also allows a lot of teams and players to cycle rosters more easily they can take breaks the really the huge problem with um league right now is the schedule is so stacked uh in most traditional sports you can like periodize your practice throughout the year basically you can plan like when you want to volume train and train like fundamentals and when you want to like get into the specifics right but it's really hard to do that in league because a the patch is changing every two weeks b you have no downtime at all and if you end up winning spring going to msi and then going to worlds like there's not even time for teams to like have tryouts before like free agency and all that kind of stuff so I think changing the like system into a circuit system or something where players and teams have more time to do things and pick and choose and experiment is going to make things a lot more fun overall increase viewership increase the number of like international competition slash matches that you can get um and yeah it would be insane I think it's hard to do that right now just because of the franchise structure unfortunately and transitioning I, out would have like a lot of like meaningful impact and everyone every region would have to somewhat agree to it and i don't think people would
0: but one of the things that i've heard speculated plan. is riot is far less likely to do this because it would mean less lpl games and yeah. because yeah, yeah. that course. league is so huge in china you want to just have lpl games going constantly over there and all that stuff happening and so
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, yeah, you you can maybe do do it. Uh, They can have their secondary
2: season during the (laughs) the tournament. You know, they like whatever. It's it's just the way the thing is set up. It's just the structure right now is just too hard to change. That's like my problem with it. Um, Every like every it's like min max efficiency. Like things are so like assets are so like years ahead of time for like MSI and Worlds. You have like sponsorships Mm -hmm. lined up. Every team is operating on like multi year like budgets and. So it's just too hard to change in the near future.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's, it's definitely a not realistic
2: change I, I suggested, but. All
0: right. Top three, parts. I don't know if you have a top three now.
2: No, I mean, I'll just, I, I just think experimenting with formats would be great. I mean, if I could just change the world format, do a double elim, but do it in like a different way. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go like full Dota, but there's definitely a middle ground between what Dota has and what currently exists. Yeah. Um, and then, I definitely still love the idea, I, I still think, for North American teams to do well, uh, they just have to send their academy players uh, and developing players to Korea. Like, you just can't get around like the technical skill set that you learn from being in a region where there's, like, a higher volume of, like, highly mechanical players that you get to practice against for a long period of time. Because even if, like, you don't do well, or it gives you, like, a, a gauge, right? So even if you don't keep going back to Korea, when you're back in NA and practicing in solo queue you at least have an idea of like this wouldn't work against a better player but like if you have a solo queue player here they don't have like that perspective of like oh this is actually what's achievable this is like the like ultimate paragon of like excellence they're just playing against other NA players on um, like at their skill set and so um, yeah I would just make it possible for academy teams to go to Korea because I did the math out this last op season and I actually wanted to do it it doesn't actually cost that much more to send an academy team to Korea if you're operationally work it out than just having a team in an A.
0: Well, thank you so much, Zamelkai, for the call. Uh, hopefully. That was a satisfactory answer for you. I really like the way you phrased it. By the way, I felt like that yeah. was a very clever way of going about it.
6: Um, <laughs> Travis's obsessed. answer would
1: just be to fire people. <laughs> yeah. It's actually Travis. That's usually instead of taking over one person and quitting, take over like the the very tippy top and just start just slashing names that you, apparently you hate.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if you can do that where you can clean house. I don't know if that counts as one action if you're cleaning house on a bunch of people.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't get. You wouldn't be able to control hiring for sure. Yeah.
0: Right? There's a certain analyst um, who casts sometimes who I think I would definitely get rid of. That would be one of the first things Dude, I would do. Dude, why
1: hate. do you hate Jets so much? It's <laughs> honestly weird.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you, Zabelkai, for the call. Anything you want to shout out?
4: Uh, yeah. Um, Shout out uh, Alienware Grubhub, as always. And then uh, some people are probably finishing up their finals, but other people might still have their finals like still to come. And if you're one of those people getting through exam season, best of luck to everyone out there. You all got this. Keep calm, buckle down, and we'll make it through in the end.
0: Very good. Good luck. Uh, thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time.
4: Thanks. All right, speaking
0: of Alienware, we're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware. Head over to Alienware.com. Travis. Click the link up at the top so that you can check out the new Alienware Aurora. The R13s are available. They are beautiful. Uh, I absolutely love mine. Uh, You can also check out the R14s there. Uh, Really, really wonderful computers that are fantastic. I'm excited because we're going to be I think I mentioned last week on the episode we're going to be getting one of my editors one of these machines. Um, So that'll be really exciting to have another one of these within the TGI ecosystem. It's the type of stuff that just allows us to create the content that we want to Great, and they're fantastic about it. And by the way, I know uh, we've got a ton of folks from among you who have been tweeting at me, letting me know you purchase these things. Please let, you know, first off, thank you for always doing that. Um, it's really incredible and please continue to do so because it's the type of thing that helps make renewals easier and easier um, every year to make sure that I can keep doing this. Uh, we can keep doing Hotline League, all that type of stuff. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. They're a fantastic partner. Uh, They have been for a really long time I just want to make sure that I know you guys have heard me talk about them many many times before but please never take them for granted uh, because I promise you that uh, You would things would not be the way they are now if they were not uh, Working to support us uh, in all of our coverage. So again, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show and uh, We will talk about them more in the future Mark you want to grab the next caller? off he goes Demon Devi, thank you for the four months. Real Divert. Uh, I'm Elvis for Avaju Jaffe for twenty or 24 months, two years. Thank you. Portillo for a year. Portillo, thank you so much for the year. And finally, we'll, we'll catch up more. But the last, last one I want to shout out is Ventus Official for 50 months, 5-0. Thank you, Ventus. That's a very long time. Blue Jay is here. Blue Jay, where are you calling from? Ontario. Ontario. Uh, and is that in Ontario, California? Or Ontario, California,
5: California, man. You know the answer to this. Ontario, Canada.
0: You know, we have people that listen to the show. They don't always know if it's uh, Canada or California. What That's do you want to talk about on the for. show? Yeah.
5: Uh, my take is that the LCS and FlyQuest just lost one of the most valuable people in the scene with Trisha stepping down. She was the first CEO to create a fan base in the LCS without needing to win a championship or being involved in other esports leagues.
0: Uh do you have more that you would like to add on or should we just play off of that? Uh
5: I I know that's we're good. Whatever you want to say. <laughs> we're, good, we're good.
0: Um <laughs> okay, well I'll I'll start off here by saying uh I I lean more heavily on the FlyQuest side of your take than the LCS side of the take um because I don't I don't like as much as I love FlyQuest, I don't I still don't think that they are a leading figure in LCS. Uh, not through any fault of Trisha's. I think it's more just the reality of the finances that they have available to them and what everybody else is doing. But um, I, I just think that what she was able to do at FlyQuest was phenomenal. It turned them into an organization that I think a lot of people were very favorable for. I don't know how many fans FlyQuest has. Again, I think in part because of what, you know, their victories and or maybe lack thereof. But I think... They became a team where a lot of people would be excited to root for them when their favorite team wasn't playing. It's like, oh, I like this brand. They do really cool stuff. They gave them a, a unique identity, or Trisha gave them a unique identity in the way that a lot of other LCS brands did not really have that. Um, even regardless of how you feel about environmental causes, which hopefully a lot of people feel positively about, um, you know, it, it was like, this is what they stand for, this is what they do. It allowed them to theme so many of the other of their, their jerseys, their content, their initiatives and activations. And so um, I do think it is really, really unfortunate for FlyQuest and you know, I joked at the beginning of the show, but I do kind of mean it where like her leaving now, it's kind of like, what does that even really mean for this organization? What will they become? And will they, they become one of these sort of other bottom teams that people don't really think about too much um, or have much of an opinion? So time will tell, but I, I agree, it's a pretty big deal for FlyQuest in, in particular. Um, can,
5: can I just step in real quick just because I don't want to forget to reply to the LCS part that you said. Sure. Um, I, I think the point that you made about people wanting to still watch to see them do well is the reason that it hurts the LCS. Is like people will stick around for a team that isn't their favorite. And I think that's where the value... Like I, I definitely agree it's worse for FlyQuest to lose her. But I think that's why I think it's bad for the League to lose her. Because people would stick around to watch more games than they normally would.
0: Yeah, it was like a team people could care about or be interested in in a way that like some of these other teams probably not as much so right
1: uh, yeah so I mean I, I kind of agree but like I think there was more like just positive sentiment than like fans you know I don't know if people stuck around longer because they liked FlyQuest but it was more like hey I like FlyQuest they're cool but like you know you look at their YouTube page it doesn't really get many numbers and stuff unless it's like Tukey and Jose Diodo like doing some like somewhat nationalist stuff about like language or whatever it is, you know, like unless they're tapping into that actual fan base, like there's, there's not much there. And I think it's like, everyone loves certain like movie characters, but like, you probably don't actually follow that actor. That's like what FlyQuest is like. Everyone's like, yeah, they're cool. And then like, okay, do you watch their content? No. Okay. So not really a fan of them then. That's, that's, I think, a. Like you said, though, that's not really on Trisha. Uh, beyond maybe get a bigger budget and win more, <laughs> but at least in terms of like positive sentiment, that's better than a lot of the other teams
2: in the LCS.
0: Yeah, uh, you had tweeted about this, Parth, earlier. today. Yeah.
2: Um, so I've known Trisha from like a long time ago, from like back her in her ZUBU days in like 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she is like one of the most impressive figures in the industry uh, as like a leader. And I don't think that the FlyQuest brand is going to change too much because one of her strengths is, like, she enables the people around her to, like, make decisions and, like, figure things out. Uh, and so a lot of the content, while it was driven b- by her vision, uh, she helps other people kind of put together what they want to do and, like, combines it. So I don't think they've lost all the other people at FlyQuest. They've just, like, lost her. Um, so I-, I don't think, like, th- the idea of FlyQuest and what they stand for is going to die uh, anytime soon just because she's gone. Uh, they just lost like an incredible operator who would have been able to do a lot more if she'd given more budget or opportunity um, i think in terms of what it means for teams uh, i think the reason that FlyQuest always stands out to me is because i think that from like the the teams that join like new and franchising other than hundred thieves they were like one of the they're like the only team where like you think of FlyQuest and you have like a very distinct thing that comes to your mind it's like positivity environment etc like if you look at some of the other brands like you can't think of anything uh like they didn't win a lot but at least they had that one insane year where they like popped off and did really well so they were clearly doing a lot of things on the performance side and the branding side to like engage uh with the like fans as much as possible within what their bounds were uh and i kind of appreciated them because they did it a lot better than probably every other team in like the bottom four or five
0: I, you know, I think one thing that maybe we're not mentioning in all of this, too, is uh, in the LCS where you have such a huge rotation of players, uh, she was kind of the face of that org and no one else is like really attached to it. Like if you think of FlyQuest, it's, I think people mostly if you had to say think of a person at FlyQuest, mm-hmm. I think most people think Trisha. And so yeah. it is like a pretty big deal if she leaves because it's That's like true. they have to now build out another personality that people enjoy. And I think. As Trisha coming from a lot of people don't know that she had she had worked in eSports, had been like a personality pseudo player type deal on the Starcraft world, having that experience allowed her to kind of have this infectious personality and um, excitement that you know, whenever you saw one of her videos come out i I loved at one point in time I memed one of her videos because it was a video where she was just like, we're spreading cheer this week, and here's the fun clips from us spreading cheer, which is always a little, a little. I like her, but also it's a little too saccharine for me, and so like I just put in like a fucking ninja raging at League of Legends at one point in time, to one of those things. But you, you had this idea of like what she, who she was and and all that, and I just think it is a pretty big deal that they don't have. There's not like a backup, you know. It's not like you can be like, okay, well. Now there's this other person at FlyQuest that people are very familiar with, um, and so I think I think that not only illustrates what her role was at FlyQuest, but also kind of where League is at these days, where sometimes the biggest names associated with a, a team are the people that are running it. So uh,
1: I mean, so people are spamming Jose in chat, and like from purely an engagement perspective, yes, Jose is obviously the biggest name there, but we're talking about like as a team operationally, if something happened, you would go and be like, Trisha, what happened? And she would answer. And like, you're not gonna be like, all right, Jose, break down our roster changes. <laughs> or like, you know, that, that's what we mean. We're talking about it more from a team operation perspective than like just engagements. Like she she was the face of that organization. I would still
0: push back even on the idea. Like, I don't think Jose DeOdo is the face of FlyQuest. Like, I think he's a very popular personality there. And obviously he gets like now. great engagement. Um, uh, but like, I don't think that he's really become like Mr. FlyQuest. Um, and well, so it's,
1: it's like Ray is bigger than Nate shot, but hundred thieves is Nate shots team. Like, you know what? You know what I mean? Like there's there can yeah. be bigger people at an organization, but it does like Steve's not the biggest name Bjergsen is at TL, but it's Steve's team more or less. Like, that's how you think. Like, that's, that's the way to think about it. T-
5: FlyQuest was Trisha's team in a lot of ways to two people. Yeah. Um, and you do have other like i mean afro is a good name to have you have takuya as well who's like a new fan favorite sort of i wouldn't say they're left with nothing whereas like if this happened to other orgs they would be left with not really anything well i think
0: I some mean? orgs already don't have anything
2: yeah, yeah so, i would honor that
5: like if if like i
2: don't know immortals were to lose their ceo like would you even they already did
1: twice in the last year did you know that <laughs>
2: That was the joke, but anyway. Yeah. Remember,
1: yeah. Who was Whoops. Was that a layup or did I fumble the layup and just um, like I
2: don't know. Just going back to FlyQuest, I would. It would be really funny to see them do like a dark side pivot now that Trisha's gone.
0: That would be good. I feel like that space is mostly occupied EG by it'll EG. EG will be so salty. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, but like EG. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. But EG doesn't lean into it that hard.
0: No, I think I EG. No, they don't. I don't think E.G. They leans should. into it enough. Um, yeah. Is what I would say. Like, yeah. I feel like they had such a big opportunity to do that, and they just haven't ever really embraced the evil stuff enough.
5: They had Sven Skarin kind of carry the hashtag Live Evil for a while, and then he left, and it kind of yeah, left with he, him. He did it ironically too. He would like Live Evil, like eating no, pizza. you like, what the but fuck? It, was it was so we... funny though. It was like it didn't matter. It was good. I, I loved
1: it. I'm just saying, yeah. like, it was. It was. In, it was the ironic overuse of it that made it so good.
2: I wasn't yes. even like in public though. Even every scrim chat would be like hashtag live evil. Like if, <laughs> if, if, like if like if like the scrim had to be canceled because of like a level one invade, it would be hashtag live evil. It was just it was just never ending.
5: Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: amazing. Uh, either way, thank you so much, uh, Blue Jay, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller?
5: Uh, I just want to ask real quick like do you because my initial thoughts when I heard this was like Parth's reaction, which is like. Just because she's leaving doesn't mean that like what she made can't carry over. And then I kind of ended up turning into like what you thought, Travis, that like, well, you are losing the most valuable piece of your org. And so I want to know, like, what do you guys think FlyQuest looks like in the future? Like, do you think she will be able to carry it on? Or is that just kind of copium? Or they will be able to carry on without her, the brand?
0: I, I think it's hard to say. It really depends on what these new folks are able to do. Um
5: I mean,
1: this is the really cynical, like, the easy answer is, yeah, you just keep grabbing, like, whatever is the new cause and running with it. Like, there's going to be no shortage of, I know FlyQuest is not virtue signaling, but, like, you can very easily grab whatever is, like, the environmental hashtag of of the year. You know, save the turtles, get rid of the plastic straws, even though it's entirely the fishing industry fucking over the ocean. You know, like, you can grab whatever... because... really
2: specific <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: mark has opinions point is,
0: okay Parth, that he's not I'm pretty shit. the sure. point
1: is that it's it's not that hard to carry on what she built i think she did a good job. like the reason FlyQuest has a strong identity is because like you know what they should do in the future more or less mm. um and that can be done but can you continue to make good decisions along the way is the harder part
5: yeah
0: i think that i think the other thing is i'm very fascinated enough if they can have a new face of that organization rise up and really represent the brand in the way that she did. Um, Because like you, it was so obvious that so much of what they were doing was like core to Trisha's ethos and uh, you know, as a person. And so if you kind of just stick, like I, I don't know anything about their new CEO, I'm not trying to comment on their new CEO, but if you, they pick somebody from their staff and they just go up there and like, yeah, so we, we hate it when trees get cut down And, uh, so we're going to be planting some trees and don't cut down the trees. And, you know, it's all about the earth folks. You know, we got to really care about that. You know, like it's, it's, it'll, it'll be, I think she did such a great job of making it feel so authentic. And maybe that's the term I'm looking for is like, it was how authentically can they continue this on versus how much does it will just feel like sort of corporate environmental, you know, promotion,
1: make a BP ad, just, just spoof BP ads.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, I'll shout yeah. out. Just I want to shout out their jerseys. I think their new jerseys are sweet. I really like them, and also their content is beast. Go look at their flight or FlyQuest YouTube content. It's actually awesome. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. Have a good one. We'll catch you next Bye-bye. time. Bye. All right. Off to the next caller. Uh, thank you to TCluck for the prime, Flick Nickum, and Prince uh, for the subs. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Mark back here in a second. We're joined right now by Parth, for those who are tuning in right now. Formerly many different things at TSM. Franz is here. Franz, where are you calling from?
7: Hey, calling from Provo, Utah.
0: Provo, Utah. I'm a big fan of that area uh, because of the fantasy work that gets produced out of it. What do you want to talk about on the show?
7: Heck yeah. Um, I just more, less than a take, wanted to ask Parth a question. Parth, huge fan. I've been a TSM fan since 2014. Um, I think uh, it's good you're finally getting the credit you deserve. Um, I think you got a lot of shit while you're on TSM undeservedly. Um, Is he?
0: I still feel like he gets blamed for their spring split uh, most recently. Like, <laughs> Parth created this roster, and it sucks.
7: Yeah, people need a scapegoat always, but I think honestly, I think uh, probably the most underrated GM in LCS history so far. Yeah. Um, Butterings I think like up. what are you about yeah, to no. ask me? <laughs> um, I, well, basically I just wanted to ask about the 2016, 2017 TSM roster. Um, from your perspective, like what exactly made that roster so dominant and what, um, could LDS, LCS rosters currently do to sort of emulate that success?
2: Um, I think it was a lot of things that kind of clicked together after a while. Uh, I think the key thing is a lot of LCS rosters when they get put together or just rosters in general don't like fighting or conflict in a way Um, they either shy away from it or they like even some coaching staff like try to maneuver around and prevent it. I actually think conflict is a really good thing for a roster to go through. It like strengthens relationships uh, and if you come out the other side then you have like role clarity about what you want to do and where where you want to go strategically. Um, Once we brought on Biofrost he kind of just did what was necessary uh, for the team to succeed, and so you had like people who just had very clear roles in the team, um, and that's why I think they were just super like that team was super successful. I mean, we did a lot of like outside of the game stuff, or like we also like I, I think at the time, Wilder and I worked really well together, uh, and I think we actually did a lot of cool things outside of the game that a lot of the other teams weren't doing. But I think most of those things, I think coaches and teams do now. Um, and I, I just think that after 17, 2017, the roles changed, uh, the meta changed, and it just didn't make as much sense to like continue with the same roster in the same way. Um, so I, I just think that the players were really good. They clicked really well. At the time, uh, Wilder and I worked really well together, and just the combination of those things made it super dominant, but um, I think other teams were just slowly catching up. Is that your favorite
0: roster that you ever worked with?
2: Um, I think it's close. I think it's between that and the Broken Blade roster.
0: Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, uh, Franz. Any other questions about the roster or Parth's time at TSM?
7: Uh, yeah. This, this, uh, I have maybe a hot take slash a question. Uh, maybe a, a copium take, Parth. Um do you think if Double if didn't dash in on Crown's Victor, that you would have gotten to World Finals? Hear, hear me out before everyone goes crazy. So you you take Baron, you beat Samsung Galaxy for the second time, you likely top that group, you play C9 in the quarterfinals and H2K in the semifinals. So my theory has always been if Double if didn't dash in, TSM would have gone to World Finals in 2016.
2: I mean, you can, say you, that about, like, you can say that about, like, 10 different things. Like, if we hadn't inted against RNG the second time, if I just picked Sivir instead of Lucian, we would have Uh If Hanser if did the flank, I just, yeah. Yeah, did the Kennen flank. Like, you just can't take, like, one point and be like, this is the sole reason that you guys didn't make it to World Finals. Because, like, Worlds isn't about, like, one decision. It's about, like, 10 million decisions. And just because one stands out, it's just... It just sucks that... That's just remembered so much, kind of like the Jensen Echo thing. Um, the
1: The other side of that is that, like, if you you're playing this game with the team that you like, where you say, "Oh, if we just played better and we fixed our flaws, clearly we would have done it." But like the other team, the teams that beat you, even also were making mistakes. And like, yeah. oh, no, it, yeah, not. I'm not saying to you more, more to Franz, that like. Fans of a team often do this game where they're like, oh, if we just did this, we would have made it. And it's like, well, the other team can play that exact same game. You know, like, yeah, yeah. it's not one mistake ever uh, as much as we like to look at that one big play. It's like there, there was a mountain of things probably that both teams, in hindsight, would love, love to do differently.
0: And and you can play the game in reverse, where instead of saying if they did these things better, you can say, wouldn't you have made it to World Finals if all of the opponent mid laners just ran it down every time you faced them? You know, like... Uh, All these hypotheticals are always great. Anyway, Franz, anything you want (laughs) to shout out before we go on to the next Wait, I
1: have one one little thing. So obviously the whole, like, if X, then Y should it happen. Do you feel like that roster under, like, performing? Like, how good were you? Because heading into that season, like, Bjerg was on the top. Like, that was the season, I think, that broke a lot of people. Uh, Like, oh, NA are frauds. Bjerg shouldn't be on the top 10 list anymore. Like, we're actually shit. Like, do you think it was stage underperformance, or do you think that like that they like you guys actually were overhyped going? Because you also
0: had even like the other players on other teams and all like everyone university was like, oh shit! I can't wait to play like, TSM. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I think the only three teams like I would have us losing to in that tournament was SKT, Samsung, and Uzi. It's not even that team. It's just Uzi. <laughs> Uh, Everyone else we were competitive against, slash, I believe we could have beaten. Oh, that's going to just... So many people are going to take that to the grave. TSM 2016, what could have been? I mean, yeah. I still look back and it's like, that was... That was like the, like the one where I think that could have done really well. Like, everything was clicking, things were just going well, and just things pan, didn't pan out. But it's also one of those things where after we lost... It didn't feel like while we, were, while we were going like through it and after we lost, it felt like it didn't feel depressing, right? Like other worlds, sometimes you just go in and you're like, we are going to get spanked. And then you get <laughs> spanked and you're like, damn, we got spanked. <laughs>
0: uh, so. uh, well, uh, we're back at Worlds in North America this year. So um, maybe something exciting will happen. Franz, anything you want to shout out?
7: Uh, yeah, just shout out to Parth. Uh, appreciate all the work you did for TSM. Uh, shout out to you guys. Thanks for all yeah. the content. Um, shout out to my brother Sam. Uh, Going to get a Sam Keck W in the chat. Um, and happy Pride Month. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks. Catch you next time. Okay, off to the next caller. We have, uh, let's see, Prince. Yeah, shout out, Prince. And thank you, the Mr. Patrick, for the Prime. Parth, are there any events that you remember very fondly or like specific tournaments that you were a part of even setting aside, like, you know, 2016 TSM, like, are there anywhere you're like, right. oh man, that was the coolest.
1: I'm going to preface this by saying the initial premise of this take might sound ridiculous, but I have follow-ups.
0: Okay. Well, uh, wait, okay. wait, where I asked Parth a quick question.
2: Oh, sorry. I mean, winning, winning the first title as head coach was always, was pretty amazing. Oh. Um. Because it was like biofrost first split too, um, and I think most of my favorite moments are like when your team kind of builds up like a younger younger person and like helps him shine. And it was like the similar case with like twenty twenty roster with Spika and Broken Blade. It's like you you have like a good synergy of like people you enjoy working with. People know their role. They're not willing to like they're they're willing to fight with each other, but still kind of go through. The grind and everything and when like that's rewarded it just feels really good i've yeah. i've been part of rosters where like and i kid you not there was actually one roster where we lost playoffs and i one of my players messaged me and is like well at least that person also didn't win because he didn't deserve to that's not a roster that you want to you know continue playing with or be proud that's of. crazy so so yeah I, I would say 2016 playoffs yeah summer
0: Okay, uh, I can't believe Peter would message you that. Anyway, uh, Mark, you we could pull the next caller. Boom. Okay, Slowbro is here. Slowbro, where are you calling from? Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so earlier today, Parth tweeted that
1: NA needs better coaches more than they need better players. So if you could just speak to that, what do you think NA coaches are lacking compared to other leagues? And then, as a little follow-up, do you think LS had a viable coaching style?
2: Um, wow, that—that's a trap. <laughs> um, I'm gonna
0: <laughs> uh, look, Parth. Peter's already uh, leaked everything you need to say about that. So,
2: uh... <laughs> um, okay. So I think that we're never gonna get an advantage in terms of players, right? Like we don't have the highest player base. Even the players who wanna come up, come here. Uh, don't want to come here may not want to come here for the right reasons and um other regions are more competitive in terms of salary so i don't even think we have that advantage anymore um so if you if NA is a region, keep tries to index on bringing over better players then it's not gonna do anything for the region i'm not even saying necessarily that the na coaches are worse or better than other regions it's just it is the thing that you can change the most If you look at like other traditional sports, Olympic games, there are coaching programs and like structures that you can build that gives your like program and ecosystem an advantage uh, compared to like other countries or regions that have uh, more players or other advantages. And I think that getting more coaches in the system, getting trained staff that actually know how to work at every level, not just the LCS level, is just going to make it easier for you to like spot better players like Jojo and Danny, bring them up, actually train and develop them in properly in the Academy program. So when they're in LCS, they're not like in this like crazy position where they have to like figure everything out for the first time. So uh, I just think that better coaches overall is going to make NA a lot stronger region than continuing this thing where we're just trying to bring over better players. Um,
1: Um,
2: On that point,
1: the funny thing is too like um, when I was, coaching and stuff, I, like, I think a lot of people were, like, idolizing Coma in the scene and stuff like that. And he he was super legit. But then, like, as I worked with more and more international players and talked to players from other teams, like, a lot of the coaching staffs internationally in these other regions are really nothing to, like, really look up to. Like, Coma, like, I think, is, is, like, an incredible figure. But, like, they were championship-winning teams from, like, LPL or <laughs> LCK where you'd, like, talk to some of their players years later and you you hear like what a dumpster fire it was or like these some coaches came over from successful organizations in LPL or LCK and then you watch them work and you're like wow this is like what won you a championship like you're not doing anything special like I, I guess your players carried you like <laughs> I, I know a lot of people like so, that
2: yeah so I, so I agree with you I, I will caveat that when you see them in international tournaments they already passed the point where they're like doing all lot of the training stuff it's more about like repetition and upkeep and at that point you're not doing a lot like it like sure maybe NA teams when they go to like korea or china they're like oh we need to learn all this crazy macro stuff and catch up but like korean chinese teams are probably just like chilling and for them it's more yeah. about like well, keeping up what they're doing my,
1: my experience too is not even just like at international competition because spoilers mm-hmm. i didn't go <laughs> um but more like i've seen coaches who then Came from successful organizations and joined a Dignitas level team or some of these other teams and just watched them run those teams further into the ground. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. wow, you either benefited greatly from ecosystems that were set up there and can't recreate it here, or you actually just were never that good and, and, you know. There's Mm. a lot of people who fail upwards, you know, like it's not just in America as much as we meme that, you know, like, yeah, um, so and and my my only point with this is to say, I agree with your premise that like coaching staff is an easier thing to catch up or exceed in some aspects than um, mm -hmm. I think like player base or something.
2: So the one thing I would add to that is like there there's there's like four elements to what I think is building a good team, right? Like you first you find the players that's like scouting. Then there's like the integration you like bring all the players and staff together and like figure out like get them to a point where they're like working together right and then you have two paths you're like developing players so like if you have like a carry player that you need to like make more well-rounded you're trying to help like round out his champion pool help him play weak side and doing all that stuff and then there's like the optimization side where you're like you have the guy that you have and you need to perform that weekend what are you going to draft and what are you going to do in order to win i think a lot of coaches in the scene, index super heavily on. This is what I have. He sucks at playing Zaya. I'm not gonna pick up Zaya. I'm gonna make sure that I build a comp around what my players can do, and that's what they think of his coaching. And less so, less. And there are far fewer coaches who can take a player and be like, okay, these are all the technical skills that you know. This is what you. That this is the level you're at, and this is the level you need to get to by X period of time. Here are all the things that you need to learn in the next like two months and I'm going to help you slowly like build a path and get there. That's the type of coach I feel like this scene is missing.
0: How do you do this path because I think all there's a lot of everyone will agree like oh it'd be great to have great really great coaches. But when we're in like the League of Legends esports ecosystem where the scene is so immature and coaches are still a relatively new thing, you know, how how would you propose the the space develop this cuz like at the very least on the amateur side you're like okay we could do things like champions queue we can do things like or challengers queue uh we could do things like uh collegiate programs and boot camps and all this stuff but like in your mind what are the things that the scene needs to do to create and better cultivate coaching staff
1: i have the the perfect document for you to read travis i tried to read it on stream <laughs> uh it didn't go so well but you should you should really dig into it. It's is dense. there something that is a, an a
0: shorter version of it for the purposes of this program?
2: Um, one of my one of my projects that I'll be working on in the next month is helping coaches and staff members just basically take the contextual knowledge that they know about the game and then apply it in a way that they can more effectively coach. So, and I know there's a lot of people in the scene who are out there doing it. I know there's a lot of people on the collegiate side who are doing it. Uh, and even on the scholastic side, I think it's just one of those things where it just takes time. Um, you're going to have, like, go through the first generation of players. They're going to retire. A lot of them become, are going to become coaches and a percentage of them are going to learn how to coach the right way. You're going to build, bring in like assistant coaches under them. So it just takes time.
1: The Parth center for coaches who can't coach good and want to learn to do other <laughs> stuff. Good Too institute is coming in summer or fall. Um,
0: yeah actually i i'm really I really appreciate somebody in chat said this Danny, and chat says this would be great if we didn't fire and switch players every six months. It's all results based and everyone's looking for short term solutions. I'm kind of curious Parth like do you i i think that is a fair argument of like why invest in coaching staff and that who can develop players if so many teams are unwilling to actually develop players and instead are more interested in like pulling players from other regions or rotating musical chairs are players that already exist in the space. Like, I don't know if you have too much of an opinion on that and how you manage all that, but I'm, I'm curious what your take is.
2: I think that true player development should happen at the amateur and academy level. LCS is not where you want to go when you want to like develop a player. That can be a thing that people say as like a PR thing, but that's not a thing. I remember when Dignitas did their thing last year where they just happened to have five NA players. They're like, yeah, we're building NA talent. We are the NA talent team. Fast forward eight months, instantly get imports because now they have the ability to get imports. Um, It just feels like it's more of like a marketing strat than it is like a true thing. Um, I think LCS is about performing. It's about like winning as much as you can and like showcasing what you have. Um, And so I just think there's a time and place for it. Uh, the problem with that I have with academy programs is that every academy program is, like, their benchmark is winning. Everyone thinks this academy program is winning, and so they're good. But that's usually counter to what academy programs should be doing. If you have a guy like, who's sniper, right? He's on 100 Thieves Amateur right now. Um, he's, like, a really strong carry player, and they put, they've put a team together around him to, like, help him carry and basically do really well and showcase what he has but he's not learning all the other shit he needs to learn in order to be an LCS. He's not learning how to play weak side. He's not learning how to do all of these things. Uh, and through development means you need to sack and not care about winning things like Academy and Amateur and actually like take the players that suck and make them better. So uh, do you... I guess that's my take.
0: By that, by that methodology, do you think that JoJo was moved down to LCS too quickly?
2: Um, I mean, I think, I think every player varies. Um, and it also depends on like how strong your academy program is. Like if your academy program already isn't like developing or he- he's hit the point where his lack of experience is the thing that's holding him back. Then sure. I mean, you're never going to like finish your full development curve in academy at some point you do have to get promoted. Um, and if it just, just happens to be at that point, it's fine. Um, I think I mean, the, Danny, I, oh, Go ahead. I think Danny was promoted maybe half a split too early. Uh, but I think Jojo got like a full cycle and I think he was like primed and ready
0: yeah, I only I only ask because him fudge is another example of this in my mind, where you see these players where they're very well excited, you know, everybody's very excited to see them show up. They underperform and you literally see like the development take place within the player over the course of a split or a year where they start to get dramatically better. And so I would assume that in that situation you need, good coaching staff to help them understand, for instance, what Anivia does uh, in lane, um, among among other things.
2: Um, I mean, I'm just a big proponent of giving players a year. Like when we signed Svika, it was in his contract that he would get games after one year, the next summer. Uh, and that was already like in his plan. Um, and even though like we put him in the short term after like three or four months for like that playoff run, because we were like we have to get this team to worlds kind of deal like after that like debacle like i talked to him like you're spending another 6 months in academy and you're doing x and y and z before you actually get promoted up
0: hmm. all right well, good discussion are all around and i i appreciate uh, you raising the question slowbro about Parth's about parth's tweet i think it was it's good to talk about this stuff uh is there anything you want to shout out slowbro before we take a quick break uh is that a no comment on the Alice uh, question Oh yeah, the LS stuff. Is it a no comment on the LS stuff?
2: Um I it's really hard to know because I don't know what his coaching style is. I don't agree with the idea that you can just purely be objective about all of these things. You have to take into account player tendencies and there is like a human element to esports. I mean Like, esports itself is, like, based on, like, feelings, right? Like, for fans, for players, it's all about emotion. And it's weird to take that element out of coaching. So that part I don't agree with. But I agree with some of the things that he says where um, I think players should learn multiple roles. It makes them a more well-rounded player. Uh, And I agree that a lot of players can be min-maxing the things that they can be doing in terms of build, setup, and all that kind of stuff. So there are parts of things that he says that I agree with, and there are parts that I don't.
0: Is okay. that good, good that slow that Any, a good free you right. Anything you want to <laughs> shout out before we take a quick break?
7: Oh uh, yeah, shout outs to team Liquid for picking up Hotbid as creative director. I'm a big fan of BTS, so I hope that uh that
0: improves Liquid's content. Wait, I didn't even realize he joined as creative director. When yeah. did this get announced? How did I miss today. this? Today. Today was today. Oh wow. That's uh that's super cool. I'm excited to see that. Uh oh yeah, 4 hours ago. Okay, that's why I missed it. Yeah. That's super cool. I like Hotbit as well. So I'm sure a lot of league people don't know who he is, but that's awesome. Thanks again. Slowbo for the call and we'll catch you next time. A lot of people are probably like
1: BTS. I love that band.
0: I can't believe somebody left BTS, the world famous boy band to join Team Liquid.
1: Well, that's how, you know, the content's going to pop now.
0: So true. Okay, it's Grubhub time. Once more, I am delivering unto you all a code for this week. Let me pull it up here uh, so that everybody always wants the Grubhub code. I know, I know. Um, Let's see. Where uh, do we have it? I have it here. Oh, okay, here we go. June 13th to June 19th. Use code TG5OFF. That's the number five. TG, the number five off. One word. So receive $5 off your Grubhub order of $10 or uh, plus only for the first 500 orders so TG five off. There's your code go get $5 off your Grubhub order. It's a pretty good deal. I love I love when they do this for us because it's just an awesome way for me to literally be like hey Go save some money on food delivery. I know all of you guys are doing food delivery anyway So just go save five bucks and that's pretty swell So thank you so much to Grubhub for sponsoring the show uh Zemelkai just turned it into a command we're going to make sure that it ends up in the youtube description as well uh love to see it love to see it um so thank you so much to grubhub for sponsoring the show they have amazing service and i've been ordering a ton from them lately i need to get mark mark i owe you your your grubhub credit so that you and ashley oh yeah enjoy we could have you, you, we, you ordered some terrible thing on on Saturday, uh, and I, I, whenever we hung up and hung out, and next time we're gonna make sure we order Grubhub so that we have good call. Awesome things. That's actually how we should have used that credit um, for that night. It would have made a good picture. Foolish of actuations. us not to yeah. not to do that. Either way, thank you so much to Grubhub. We I order them all the time. They're fantastic, and I hope you do too. Uh, please use TG five off. Either way, thank you to Grubhub. We can move on to the next caller now. Mark is already off. Fantastic. Thank you to Fog Warning for the 15 Months and Dark Wonder for the Prime. Mark on his way back soon, hopefully with the next caller. Excited to have him uh, find out who is going to be calling into Hotline League next. It's been fun having you on, Parth. I appreciate you making your every four-year return to the show.
2: Anytime, Sunshine.
0: Wow, that's is that how you talk to your play? Okay. Twisted hits us here. Twisted, where are you calling from?
8: Hello. I'm calling from San Francisco.
0: San Francisco. Are you going to finals this year?
8: Uh, I hope so. But depending on college, I might not.
0: Gotcha. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight?
8: So I want to talk about LCS viewership. Um, I think in general, um, depending on how LCS orgs will be doing and how they always lack an identity or the bottom half will always lack an identity. And the top half will always be blowing up their rosters there will always be a lack of identity that the lts broadcast can do to promote lcs because of how much the players are being rotated and how each team will always have big names that will just be a cycling door through through the organization.
0: so is your take that 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 the lack of identity from some of the the teams as well as player turnover is actually a thing holding back the viewership. It's not necessarily... LCS should not take as much blame for that type of thing.
8: It's not really on the broadcast side. It's not really their fault because of how orgs will um, structure their rosters.
1: Yeah. I didn't know you were going to say that, but now you're my favorite caller ever. The LCS broadcast is fine.
0: They can do no wrong because it's always the uh, orgs and the player turnover. Uh, Parth, Mm -hmm. how much do you care... You and I, I think, in the past have gone back and forth on all sorts of stuff whenever it comes to brand and player stuff and content and um, usually off off air. But how much do you actually care and think about this stuff these days? Because you've always been hyper-focused on competitiveness, and so it's been um, comp- competition. So it's been interesting, I think, to get your takes on this stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're like a coach or – working on the performance side, then you're going to be like, I'm going to do everything to min-max performance. But I think for a good, for a good organ esports, you need to do two things. You need to win. So that's like your performance side. You need to convert that, the eyeballs you get from winning into fans. And I think that's like how you use your creative socials and all that kind of stuff. And then how do you convert your fans into money? And that's basically sales, right? Like that's, that's like the esports model. Don't think it's like proven. There's no like... Like, way to do it, but I think you need to do those three things well as an esports org. Uh, And I just don't think that most of the orgs do all three well right now. I think some, like, some obviously, like, a lot of them care about winning, but you can see, like, the bottom three or four maybe don't have enough budget to. And then that's why, again, when we talk about FlyQuest, even when they didn't have the money to, they were still trying to, like, engage with fans and do activations, where I do think that some of the other brands have kind of checked out. Um, And I do think that there needs to be a a push or some sort of change to incentivize um, esports orgs who are in the LCS, in a franchise league, to either care about performance, care about fan engagement and what they're providing to the LCS, uh, and how they're creating a a sustainable ecosystem. Because it just feels like five or six of the teams who are investing money into a lot of these things are kind of carrying the other four right now.
0: Mark,
1: what do you think, Travis? I want to hear Travis's thoughts. I always, it's always Parth or me, then the other one, and you go last. Why don't you go second for a change? That's not
0: true. I went first on one of these. I think on the Trisha one, I went first.
1: Oh well, yeah. This is another one that's more up your alley. What do you, what do you think? You, you, you were the one who prompted Parth by saying you guys have talked about various things over the years.
0: Yeah, I mean, part of the reason why I'm holding back a little bit is because I feel like I'm beating a bit of a, a drum on a lot of this stuff. Um, here, lip. I will answer this, but I do want to ask one follow-up question. Uh, part that I thought about this, and I just remembered: Do teams have to win? Like, and by win, I mean like win a split. Like, can you be a popular team without ever winning a split of the LCS? In your opinion? Um, I mean,
2: hundred thieves were getting popular before they won one last summer. They were doing a lot of things before they won an LCS trophy. Okay. It, uh, my, two, my two cents
1: on that are that winning doesn't mean winning the championship. It means yeah. being, like, being able to give your fans things to cheer about. If you can't give yeah. your fans things to cheer
2: about, you're, you're not winning. Yeah, right, yeah. so, like, like, I mean, you have to hit a baseline, right? You have to be at least like, top three, top four, like, go to playoffs, maybe make it to worlds. Like, you have to do something uh, on the performance side, otherwise. Be, like, no, no, team is, no, no fans are going to watch a team that's perpetually like eight, 9, 10. Yeah, like Curse, Curse and Dig back in the day were not TSM
1: or TL, or excuse me, TSM or CLG, but they had fans. Mm-hmm. And when C9 entered the mix, it was those were the kind of the big two. CLG started to drop, but then the other two were still relatively popular by fans because while they didn't win any championships back then, they were in the top half of the league and had good mm-hmm. personalities who made content and all that.
0: Yep. So I think... <laughs> Do we have a player's take, Mark?
1: We we don't have a player's take, but I knew you were gonna want to talk about it here. What, I, I I knew uh, the show players. Travis so, and I have an opinion. So we've watched
0: the first three episodes, and without giving spoilers, um, one of the interesting ways that they tell the narrative is it is a team where it's it's was happening in 2021. Like the, the the major narrative takes place in 2021, and then they are doing frequent flashbacks back to like 2015 to provide context on like how players and the organization how you got here all this type of stuff and one of the things that is very well done in the show is i think that they do a great job of showcasing how polished everything has come over time and i don't mean to say that like there's not goofy shit that happens and whatever like it it, i think it's incredibly authentic to the LCS, like almost too authentic. Um, But in watching that show and watching the stuff, like the footage and, and content from 2015 that happens in the show, Mark and I were sitting next to each other during the premiere and both of us got incredibly nostalgic for the time where you had these personalities that were on a team for much longer periods of time where there was a lot more content coming out, where the players themselves were oftentimes the ones that were producing that content um, and where things were a little less like sports center or just like polished documents, Even stuff. like,
1: even like YouTuber like today we're going to unbox this. Whoa. You know, like yeah. That, yeah. that's what a lot. And of I'm not saying
0: that now. I want one up and team liquid to start producing all their stuff out of like a garage. But I, I do think there are some like, <laughs> I'm not, I don't think it's as bad as Peter was making it, but like the Core JJ tactical, like, uh, what was the fucking uh, video that they did? The Sheesh. Yes, oh, the God. Sheesh thing. Yes. Like, that is a great example, I think, of, and, and no offense to anybody who worked on it, I apologize for saying this, but that's like a great example of nowadays things feel very contrived in a lot of content. Um, and. I think that that has had a detrimental impact on Like there's a ton of different factors here, but I think it's had a detrimental impact on Fandom within the league for these players. I, I was playing tft today with um, Some folks that used to be really big double if fans and they were talking about How they just don't watch anymore and they stopped when double if retired and then they would still watch his co-streams and then they don't watch anymore because he's no longer co-streaming as opposed to what, uh, Mark said it was his theory about co-streaming, uh, six months ago. And, uh, I, I, I think it's partially because there's nobody like, I was like, Oh, you know, you guys are Canadian. Like, you know, Jojo Pion's Canadian. And they're like, who's Jojo Pion. And I, I think it's sad because when these players retired, when doublelift retired, when Bjergsen, whatever he didn't want to call it retiring whenever he stepped away from competing professionally as a player, there was not players that had been built up over the past two to three years to replace them. And I do think part of that is on the broadcast because I do think in the past, the broadcast did do really great narrative storytelling, uh, pieces that they kind of stopped doing. But I also do think some of it is like the content that's out there about a lot of these folks is it's all, it's like, uh, Team Liquid made their docu series. TSM made their docu series, and then everybody else decided that like the only thing they could make are docu series or kind of like not or these other contrived videos. And so I'm not saying that this is universally the truth. I know whenever I say this shit, like somebody in the comments always pops up and goes, "Yeah, but this one video from this one team within this one situation was great." Sure, but it's a very different situation than it was in 2015. And I worry that one of the takeaways from players, which again is a great show. People should watch it. I worry that some people are going to watch it and be like, fuck, like I miss the old days of league because I think yeah, Mark and I kind of both felt that way watching the show.
1: Yeah. I mean, sorry, go ahead. No, go go. I would, I would completely agree that like it's, it's a three pronged attack. I would say that has like led to a general loss of that feeling. One is like the lack of player driven, Content and stories, and like some of them still stream. I don't want to make it something none do, but uh, I think the desire to stream has diminished. As to Parth's point, performance has taken the ultimate priority, and most of these contracts are bigger than any of these people are going to get starting to stream. Maybe by the end, you can contest, but if you don't start, you never get to that point. So you just play the game. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people who uh, don't try to be engaging when they do stream, it's about performance and streaming something I'll do on the side. And so, like, the player-driven uh, content ha- has gotten worse over time. Like, there's just fewer people who really want to put on a good product. Like, unlike Cutie Pie and Scara and Voy and like so many people who weren't even the TSM or C9 or early CLG people, um, just because like it was an important secondary income, it was not a negligible secondary income. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a huge part of it. I think orgs have really clammed up on what they're willing to show intentionally or otherwise uh one of the things that struck me most about that player show was watching that i was like i care more about these non-existent fictional people and their human like narrative their human interest story than anything that i'm getting right now because we just don't have human interest stories coming out from players or like if the riot does it it is this kind of over polished which is the third problem i have which is it's everything is just so over polished and there's like just a lack of of authenticity like if the players are not going to do it the other two branches kind of fail at at doing it well. And like, I just feel like orgs are so scared. People are so scared to come off looking bad that you don't show a very important part of human life which is like, not everything's all fucking roses. (laughs) You know, like we connect with people often at low points or like seeing them come up from the bottom. And if you just like, don't show two people clashing, you know, like, I don't know who to be a fan of. I just see this like blank place team where I don't know Who's arguing with who? Who's getting along with who? What's a real friendship look like? Like, I think that's something that the old, when you had all these streams going on, in the background you would hear things, or, like, you would hear arguments, and, like, oh, shit, sane elements are going to fucking kill each other. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm not saying it needs to go to that degree, but, like, the, what the players showed was, like, Organism and this guy were, cla- like, there's two, there's two people, they're clashing, whatever. But, like, you don't see a clash ever between anybody anymore like what's what are the actual rivalries between players no I, I, fucking... I thought
0: about that mark when was the last time we saw any footage that showed conflict between players
1: i don't know when's the last time someone actually didn't like someone but i guarantee you if i fucking talk to them off camera they have people <laughs> they don't like in the scene they will bad the hell out of them if i get go to a party with them like you know like but you just never see that anymore and i think that is a, a real authentic thing that does drive people like Oh, these guys got bad blood like oh shit you know like it's 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 definitely lacking luger and speaker was a
0: good one (laughs) luger and speaker was a good one but it also just took place on twitter and there wasn't really much follow-up and yeah like those things are people latch onto those things because they're like oh this is a great they're like so thirsty for it that you see like a little bit of like twitter drama and you're like oh my god you know what there was like the poe who did Poe get into it after it was the the pause or whatever that occurred during spring split? Like,
1: oh, him and uh, uh, Vulcan, I think went back and forth. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. But, but if you, I I don't just mean like on Twitter. I mean like every there's fucking cameras in every room. There's all this footage. There's there's all this stuff getting recorded constantly, and there are very talented people like Andrew Hundred T Andrew who is. Still in the chat right now. He hasn't said anything, but I've seen him in the viewer list multiple times. He has the footage. He's a very talented filmmaker. Release the fucking footage. I want to see people going at it. Oh, he just taught, he just said something in the chat. Damn it. Community conversation reception to that sort of content has shifted over the years, um, he says. And I think it's kind of true. You can't have, like, the Bud Light Ace anymore. But I, <laughs> I do think that there's something in between where... Like the Bud Light Ace was sad because it was just like these five dudes that have been beat up, and then you're just seeing them all get like their jobs basically. Um, but like,
1: I mean that that was like punching down. But like for, I think the first episode of Rebirth is a very good showcase of like showing a team's struggles. Uh, like when we were bringing on Piglet and the team wasn't meshing, and they were like all these things. I don't think it was handled perfectly, but like, and again, this was in the, one of those docu series that you're memeing. But like, I, I just don't know what drives so many of the players in the scene right now like uh, uh, you know like i just don't know like and not just like their backstory and where they come from like that's easily found but like how do you feel like right now like are you pissed at this guy for this thing like you know players end a game they go into that room and they probably fucking hulk out at each other for like fucking up or at least they used to when i played i don't know if they, they don't anymore when i when i coach you know i assume people still have emotions and like we just don't ever see emotion almost ever unless it's like after they win and you're like interviewing them or, or something
0: yeah
2: um
0: here we go parth man, there was back a, to there you was a,
2: there was a lot uh, Yeah, <laughs> i agree i mean since i've left and i've been like watching the lcs more it's it's really hard for me to connect to a lot of players and it is part of like uh players i mean a players are not incentivized to stream like you said um and it's I think back in the day, I think players just appreciated the opportunity more and like there was just more grit, you know? There was just I, it's it's I don't even know how to explain it. And I felt like I felt I felt a glimmer of it last year when like Vico like came to us and like I have this stupid idea where like everyone was like I don't know benching people or whatever. He's like yeah, he's let's choking, do this choking storm
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. And it was just like, huh, I, I don't remember the last time I like saw something like that, but that used to be like very common back in like 2016, 2017. I think a big pro, I think actually a big element of that is the gaming houses are gone. It's now like this like separation between like office and like back to your apartment. Uh, and an office like setting itself just feels so like professional. You're going there, you're working, and sure, you like me even joke and you troll, but it just doesn't like it doesn't have the same vibe of like. You're, it's like a fluid transition between like playing to like being casual versus like oh now we're gonna be in practice now we're just like hanging out in the same room um so i felt like gaming houses did contribute significantly to like that environment and culture and i think as soon as those started getting taken away plus players not having to stream anymore because of like high salaries that authenticity kind of got dropped because players now are just super risk averse like they're just like If I say this thing, I don't know how it's going to come off because it's authentic, but I just don't want to deal with like the negative stress because the players are already like stressed enough about 10 other different things.
0: I mean, one of the things I, all, all good points Parth. And I think the, the gaming house stuff is, is important. I think also just the players, players just go, fans go after players so hard nowadays for stuff that in the past, I think they used to be like, this is really fun, but. One of the things, so I did this interview with um with Dan and Tony who created Players. I want I'm trying to see if my editor can get me a rough cut. It'll come out tomorrow, but I want to put it on stream after the show is done if I can uh, the rough cut. Um, but one of the things that I thought was really surprising to hear them say was they were like, the trash talk in league these days or, in league is just so good. It's like so much better than in traditional sports and all this stuff. And I was just like, like in the interview, oh, no. I'm literally like, really? Because like the sentiment these days among the fans is that there is no fucking trash talk like we're like please let there be trash talk and so i i wonder if for them they like it's very skewed because they look at it and they're like we're looking at five years of footage and even though i think they've done such a good job in the show of recognizing that like everything has changed in five years to them they're looking at something from like four years ago and they're like man trash talk at league is amazing whereas for all of us we're like we we don't get the city bar, you know. It dried right up in like around 2016 or whatever. Peter retiring was one of the few. I know JoJo still does, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like, yeah. it's just fascinating to see. Nope. I it was a really interesting moment, I guess, in, the, in yeah, the conversation I had with him. I
2: just don't know how to convince players that they don't have to be perfect human beings to like present themselves. I guess it's like you can you can be like raw and you can be stupid and you can make mistakes and. Uh, I feel like maybe back in the day was more forgiven, where now it's like, if you lost a game and you do content with you going out for ice cream on a Sunday and having an argument, people are going to be like, why are you having ice cream? Why aren't you not practicing? You already saw a lot of that with like, challenger's queue, like, why are these guys not playing challenger's queue Champions. when Champions they're like, a so "I oh, whatever. Okay. It's a... I, I do think that the community reaction, like Andrew said, has changed on a lot of these things, and um, I, I don't think that the players should be held responsible for wanting to do no. things one or another. It like it is not on the players. Yeah,
1: I, I think the the change that the players have gone through is is a you know symptom of the broader environment. I don't think players yeah. came in; they're like, yeah, fuck the community and interacting with them. I think yeah, like, yeah. the community changes, the orgs have changed; they want different things out of them. Uh, yeah. I, I think all that's true, and I think. It's not just the player drama. And I say drama, not like TMZ drama, though that often is one of the easiest ways to get it. But like, again, human interest drama. Like, just being able to... You you can get in front of a camera and tell me, I want to beat this guy because he beat me last time and I don't like him. But like, if I don't see the actual emotion there, often in real time at some other point to then feed into that moment, I just don't buy it. And I think that's where a lot of like the the situation is now is, like, why you care about this situation versus that situation. It, it doesn't feel like there's any difference if TSM plays TL today or 100 Thieves today. You know, like, I I, I, I just, don't...
2: Yeah, I don't even think it's, like... It doesn't even have to be drama. It can like be troll stuff. I remember, like, yeah. in 2016, Double would just, like, troll Biofrost and, like, post about it. Uh, like, you don't even see that kind of stuff anymore.
0: Yeah. No, I it's, mean, yeah. not, the whole BioDaddy stuff... It's, um, it's just
2: not like part of like what a pro player is anymore whereas they, that was like more commonly accepted and to, to like not on the pro player side
1: like two of the biggest drama tmz drama to speak this time things that happened was the ls situation and whatever the fuck happened at tsm which as you said <laughs> breaking point esque. Or, or i think one of your tweets said that like some you of the said stuff something that down. would
0: make echo fox look oh that's what it was
1: and and to be fair i think travis and i have heard these rumors as well like we both have heard multiple stories about like what fucking happened at tsm and it is insane and like no one knows it's just not public not even like the like nothing about these situations is public and like things that would make fans you, you know like I'll,
2: I'll give it i'll give the orphan's perspective right in a franchise I, I, yeah. league, you've told into a lot of sponsors, and you have a certain level of like professionalism that you're trying to portray. Uh and yeah, this stuff can't really come out anymore. No, I, I mean don't
0: know. a some bunch of, some of stuff of came can. out about TSM recently that I thought was pretty unprofessional, and am so that worked. I don't know. <laughs> oh my
1: uh, god, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, I understand that angle, and like there there's a certain element that like um of like, oh, that really shouldn't go public. But there is some stuff that you can give more insight on. And I think there's a concern about burning bridges and the bridges mend when they need to. I think that's something that a lot of people get really scared about. Like, oh, if we piss this player off by like showing them in a bad light, they won't want to work with our org. And like, guess who's back at C9? Jensen. After he fucking hated them. You know, he hated C9. He left the org for that fucking benching as well as the video. They did him dirty. I'm not going to pretend what Cloud9 did was chill. It wasn't. Where is he right now? He's back on Cloud9. Pobelter got done dirty twice by Steve on curse and team liquid went back both times later like when when the bridges need to mend because the team needs someone and the the player wants a team like these things i think um they will burn you in the short term and, and you will get upset but i think it you shouldn't i don't know i don't know how to put it but it's like it's not as big of a deal as you feel like it is in the moment and it's hard to uh to feel that way and like have that perspective when like wow this is gonna make me look like shit fuck you i hate you but like I don't know. It depends,
2: it depends on the extent of the bridge that you're trying to burn, you know? Like, I yeah. don't think Jensen was happy about going back to Cloud9. It was just the the best roster slash paycheck he could get. So, at that point, it's not like, yeah, the bridge is okay, bro. It's like, uh, yeah, this bridge is now paved with money.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get... <laughs> people are always going to be wanting money in the scene. I don't, I don't know. I, I just think that, like, um, I'm not saying org should go around, like, roasting players or anything, or that players should go around, like, Outing dirty laundry on the orgs, like I'm not saying everyone needs to do what Doublelift did with TSM, but like I think a little bit more of that would go a long way to being like I'm now a fan of this player or I'm now against this. Uh, I mean, org, I th- or, I would like, love whatever. to see
0: more post season, like fuck the fucking weekly docu series. Yeah. Like do something that is if even if it has to be a slightly neutered version of Breaking Point. Like a great example is. Jazuke and Danny fight. apparently hated each other. How do we find this out? There was a one passive aggressive tweet that was made after Juzuke part of the team. What else happened? We don't know. Like it's 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 just tough, right? Whereas I think that that would have been a really fascinating story to to tell. And again, I get that you can't just like put everything out there, but you can show conflict between players, and there can be I don't know. I just. I think conflict between players is important. I think next, go,
2: I, I think next time you have a player on, you should ask, ask them how they feel and what line they're like, acceptable and what isn't. Cause... I think... I,
0: fair enough. I think at a certain point in time, Parth... Well, so one, I think people are going to have wildly... different. Like, I bet you Revenge would say, like, put it all out there. Whereas if we talked to PoE, he'd be like, yeah, I don't really want that shit out there. Um, yeah, and they're on the... What's that? Yeah, of course. But I, But I also think, like, at a certain extent... To a certain extent... Look, if you ask the players what they want, the players would say I want to just get paid millions of dollars to play League of Legends the amount of time that I would prefer to play League of Legends, have the exact team that I would like and compete and win. Like I I'm not saying that you should completely disregard the opinions of the players, but at a certain point in time you also have to make sure that the league is sustainable and that people care about them and I get that that's I mean, not on like players are a little short-sighted and that they they're focused on the trophy that's in front of them for the split, but I also don't think that you can just, like... We're going to have this argument again, huh?
1: (laughs) Well, isn't isn't there... You're you're really smart. Isn't there a game theory or an economic theory about, like, if everyone only tunnels on the shortest term, like, benefit that it has this horrible knock-on effect? I can't remember. Tell me I'm not making shit up. There's something about in game theory that if you only mm. ever take the shortest, like, most optimal thing in the short term, then you never
4: uh...
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there is. I don't know it.
1: I, uh, that I was, figured you would have. I don't know why. Uh,
2: the tragedy I mean, of the
0: commons? No.
1: I, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Um, But my, my point just being, like, there's a lot of incentives for players not to, like, do this in the short term. But in the long term, you're building your brand and getting investment in the scene by being authentic. And it's it's not even necessarily short-term hits or like whatever. I just think like, yeah. um,
2: okay, so let's let's take like, a scale back. Let's let's take a step back, right? You have your performance team that's working with the with the like the players, right? Like their coaches, analysts, whatever. Then you have like your GM, who makes the decision, what goes on. Where's the leadership structure? Who gets to leverage? Like, hey, this guy's going through a really stressful time right now. We're doing fucking triple blocks. Uh, maybe we shouldn't send him in for this like breaking point interview. That's gonna. Do like where where is that structure? Because I just don't think teams have that. Like they don't have the ability to have people like Max and Andrew who are like sensitive to what the players are going through and everything, and be like cognizant of what they can put on and what they can't, and at the same time also leverage like what the coaches like how stressed the players are and what the coaches are making them go through, and like making these decisions. Because it's not just like a the CEO just just go in and be like yeah let's put it in there. So like how do you balance that? if you're like part of an org.
0: I think you have to have somebody whose incentives are both based around that where like somebody in the ladder makes where their incentives are both performance and brand building or revenue growth or something along those lines. Like you need to have a person who's like dual incentivized along both those lines so that they don't just choose one or the other. Because the marketing person will always say, slam as much in there. I need the views and the engagement to get my raises here. And the the GM or whoever's incentivized to be like, put nothing in there. I do want nothing to interfere with my players. Um, and so you need somebody who sits kind of above both of them, who is able to manage both of those goals against each other and pick sort of the optimal middle ground.
2: Yeah, I just don't think that there are a lot of people with the core competency to be able to handle decisions like this. There are already few people who can do like one division, let alone... Be in a position to balance multiples I
5: mean the uh, thing the other thing I, other I thing would know.
2: add is that like I think a lot of the times the docu series
1: run into the problem of like a
4: interesting oh, I story
1: I don't like the docu series model anymore
2: yeah it just doc- it should die out
1: yeah for sure I think end of series season like this guy's off our team now and like I think a lot of orgs hold back because it might burn player and that's
2: like the bridge i was talking about or similarly it's, players it's, i mean it's financially motivated if you're trying to sell a player especially you, you don't want to make him look in the bad light it after they've been that, sold point either.
1: and then and then players also don't want to seem hard to work with or anything if they say like yeah, yeah our, our coaching sucked or our gm just like into the team by like sticking his nose in instead of giving us time to develop like any, any of these kinds of things or like my other player like my, my bot laner just sucked like what would you want me to do you know like yeah. Uh, I mean, it definitely c-
0: does feel like Dardock had a hard time finding jobs after breaking point.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's another g- point that so, I always like, like point out. That, like, yes. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm agreeing that like people who have had like bad PR still are often in the scene for long periods of time. I mean, it's so the thing that I've that. said
0: in the past where every team thinks they can fix them. You know, it's like the the romantic I mean, partner who sees the would, person who's I like, give, I, give, like I, mean, "I could." I fix think
2: Dardok is like an ex. Like that's like an exception. I think there's a lot of people who just like whose repetitions have been ruined by random rumors. Let alone things. Solo, the
0: like there's there's I mean, so many players who have had
2: solo humanoid didn't come to NA this year because there was a rumor floating around that <laughs> he's just gonna go around and chill. Uh, and he got like like the teams that were interested in him, and I knew there were like at least one. Just like heard that rumor, I bet they didn't even verify it and dropped it. And someone random could have just come up with this rumor. I know Biofrost at the end of 2020 for some reason didn't get picked up for 2021, uh, because he didn't perform at Worlds, despite still having like a pretty good season overall, and there's no way he shouldn't be in like even like a bottom team. So, like
0: Well, what if you guys had released a docuseries that showed that he had been a great member of the team? It goes both ways, right? Like the these things can also reveal can like get rid of some of the rumors yeah, or yeah, some, but of the, I,
2: some. But I'm of just giving you an example of why like the whole drama side isn't.
1: No, and and to be fair, that. I mean we're we're focusing on the the TMZ angle like within a, their own team, but I yeah. think um. Showing... I, think
2: that, I think org should have and show more authentic moments with players.
1: Yeah, sure. I think I think that's I the, that. the bigger thing. Like after a loss, I think it's like there was a time after a loss where like Expecial spiked his water bottle on curse because he was just fucking pissed that we lost our, our team liquid or whatever. And like, does it make him look good? Probably not. But like, who can't relate to that moment where you're just like, you just fucking want to punch a wall cause you're mad that you've, that you, you probably threw the game, you know? Like, I just feel like I, I when's the last time I've seen someone like, like that? I, I don't know. Um, and I think like that, that's not even him being mad at a teammate or whatever. Like those are just, I think moments that um, can endear you to someone or like, you know, I, I just don't think we you often see re- real moments um, unless I think like, the only time I see real moments is like post game interviews, which I know we often meme on for sucking. But like, you might get a catch a player heated or like, over, like on stage like welling up with like tears or whatever. Like that's the closest you get. Like Santorin had a great interview. Um, I think it was like a year ago um, mm-hmm. after after he won and was just like emotional about like the long journey back. You know, like mm-hmm. th- those kinds of things are just. Um, it's just hard to capture real emotion in the scene positive or negative negative. and i know we've been talking a lot about the drama angle but i don't think it has to be that
2: yeah, yeah i agree i think if you take the grammar out i think a lot of teams should be doing a lot more to show more authentic moments from their players and it can be as simple as like embedding a content creator who just becomes part of like your crew and squad because it was that simple back in like 2016 or 2017.
0: I, just to rank, round, wind this down I will say Parth You and I have talked about this stuff a lot in the past But one of the things I really appreciate that you brought up here Was sort of like The organizational incentives Of the different individuals within These esports organizations They're not a monolith Yeah well they're not a monolith But I think one takeaway for me is like As performance has become such a huge, huge metric for success as obviously should be. But as, as you've hired all these GMs, as you've hired all these coaches, as you've invested in chief gaming officers and all this stuff and all these different LCS organizations. I do wonder if we've gotten to a point where like there's so much institutional bureaucracy that's blocking a lot of these, a lot of content opportunities, a lot of, um, moments of showing something authentic of taking a risk. God forbid we take a risk um putting something out there
2: i don't even think it's like a risk i think there's just operationally harder to run i'm gonna use an example of a team right um and this is not to like brag on them um this is just maybe they're just messed up or something but it kind of shows you like what the priorities are and what like the thought process can and can't be uh eg either this year or late last year had bruno mars at like their party at some point Uh, at some point in that during this party he was wearing an EG hat and he performed for like a bunch of EG staff. Uh, I found out about it because someone from like EG staff was posting it on their personal Twitter and I'm just like if I have Bruno Mars at an EG affiliated party I have that everywhere all over my socials like I'm creating content I'm doing something but I don't think I saw a single post about it on like the EG main Twitter. That kind of shows you the disconnect between like like the people who are working on like the brand slash media side and what like their priorities are and what they're thinking of when they're doing things. And sometimes there is just a big disconnect between like what you want to do, um, as part of the creative team and where you're like, where your direction is and what you think of and what you don't. And I think a lot of teams are just plagued by this.
0: Twisted hits. I know you've been here this entire time, just listening in (laughs) on our conversation. Um, I apologize that we we got lost in the weeds a little bit. Is there anything that, anything really quickly that we've said that you just want to reflect on?
8: Um, nothing directly. Um, I didn't really have any other questions aside from that, aside from saying that the old esports website is kind of useless for like any purposes. It doesn't really do much.
0: I mean, yeah, we did talk about that I think a little bit last week or the week before, so it's a it's a fair point to bring back up again. Yeah, I
8: was trying to look at rosters the summer rosters will be and I realized that half of these are like not telling which ones are the LCS roster and which yeah. ones the like Academy roster. Yeah. yeah.
1: We we're unfortunately over time, so we gotta get onto our last caller quickly.
8: Yeah, but um thanks. I've been a long time viewer since like twenty sixteen, so I really appreciate the content. Yeah. Sweet.
0: So Thank you so much. Glad we were able to get you on. Mark just noticed the time when he looked at the, the clock. Oh, so I've we were, been
1: watching it the whole time. We got
0: to hurry up. He, Mark Mark keeps me on a tight schedule. He knows how much I pay him, and he doesn't want to want to work any more than what I pay him. Uh, thank you so much to the Twisted Hits for coming on. Mark's grabbing the last caller right now. Thank you to Kylo Zen for the Prime. Uh, we should have our last caller here in just a second. Uh, did you hit up any good food spots, Parth, while you were in town? Not really. Well, I'm sorry to hear
6: it. I
0: absolutely love stickers. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Where are you calling from?
6: Uh, I'm calling from Beaverton, Oregon.
0: Beaverton, Oregon. What do you want to talk about on the show?
6: Uh, I my takes kind of two parts. Um, First part is I think TL is going to basically just crush the summer split and look really good, look like a clear flavor going into the um, summer championships. And then on the flip side, I think 100T is going to fall out of the top five.
0: Um, Out of the top five. You know, they were in finals uh, not too long ago.
6: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Sorry, do you have TL winning uh, summer finals as well? You said they're going to do really well and go into playoffs really strong, but do you have them winning?
6: No, I, I feel like uh other teams ramp up more strongly going into the playoffs
0: who wins who wins uh, I feel Who like, wins finals
6: i mean it's hard to not say eg again to me but yeah
0: okay why do you think hunter t's gonna fall out
6: um i think tsm's gonna look a lot better i i also think that honor t just kind of has a bad project trajectory like they picked it up for a few series at the end, but pretty much for the whole season, just basically relied on Closer being the best jungler in the LCS. And I feel like uh, FBI and Huhi haven't really showed anything impressive for a while, and someday hasn't really either. And so unless they do a few things to turn around those lanes, I just don't think that they'll be able to like keep up with other teams that seem to be on an upward trajectory.
1: All right. This is the Parth said TSM was probably going to break in the top five. I want to know what his actual top three are, for, for this split, because I don't think you posted that anywhere. The actual top three, like who's goes to Worlds? Top three for I don't know. Let's just say regular season. Like who do, who do you think is actually going to get
2: one, two, three in order? Um. I don't know. It's kind of a flip. You're the worst content creator ever, Parth. What all are you right. doing? All right. I'll 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 say... I'll say... TL, C9.
1: Are you on board with absolutely love stickers take that 100 Thieves is going to drop all the way out of the top half? I don't
2: think so. Don't Why think. do you hate 100 Thieves? <laughs> Why do I hate 100 Thieves? Um i don't i just they're <laughs> just the one team that i decided to leave out of the top three um i think that tl is i think tl had a lot of like issues that they're working out on but i think the meta is decent from him and if they actually decide to index on Hansama as their carry and play around him uh especially with this current meta uh they're gonna do a lot better than 100 thieves i think eg overall just i trust him more and then I think Z9 has better strengths to counter Hundred Thieves. I think their mid jungle is stronger. Like stylistically, they're just they're just the stronger duo. Um, and then the other pieces, I think, just need to like do their job. If I'm just looking at the head to head,
0: Mark, you I assume you had Hundred T in your top five. Where did you have it?
1: I had them number two in my power rankings. Um, but that was for end of split placement. And my reasoning for why they got second was because I think EG and CNI are going to have slow starts. That's going to be hard to like overcome in a game record wise in best of ones. But I, I did say that of my top teams and like teams going to worlds, I had the most doubt in TL and 100 Thieves for making worlds. I actually had a little bit more faith in Cloud9. and EG, I was pretty locked in on making worlds.
0: Why TL and y Hunter team?
1: Uh, I think what I saw at the end of the playoffs where both, like, TL, I just don't think we've seen, like, what the super team is fully capable of. They feel, like, a little bit less than the sum of their parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw, like, when a team is hot, they can beat them. Um, and so, like, I'm concerned that TL is just always this, like, really good team. Like, they're just so individually talented that they're never going to be bad. I have them in first in the regular season for that reason, but in best of fives in, in playoffs, if they lose in the upper bracket, how are they going to fare? And for 100 Thieves, my, my reasoning was just that this team has been inconsistent so far this year. Lock-in was kind of a joke. Then they had a slow start. Then they picked it up. Then they like had to reverse sweep TL because they looked like limp fishes for the first like half of that series. And then they looked like limp fishes again versus EG. I don't think EG should be 3-0-ing 100 Thieves. I think 100 Thieves are too good for that. But they've shown that they're that they will play to that level sometimes. That they will just not show up, um, and I'm concerned about that in in playoffs again. Like if you just have a bad hundred thieves day, they're just out of playoffs.
0: Um, There's and, double and out elimination. Of um, it is
1: double elimination, but I mean, like you could realistically, like let's say TL does hit that next year, or they, or they are good, or C9 does pop off, or they run into EG in the upper bracket. and Somehow they end up in lower bracket, and then you're playing one of these other teams again in lower bracket, like. There could just be a day in lower bracket final final world spot on the line they just like come up lame um and and that's that's a little scary
0: yeah i i mean the thing for me uh, part of me is very happy that hunter t continues to not make changes uh because as we all know i would like turnover rates to be lower in the league um the other part of me is a little surprised because i am i guess it depends on what what you think of the strength of this league right now versus last year because if you think that the league this year is stronger overall than it was last year then you can look at 100T and say like hey we might have seen the best that this these five can can become they they it was enough to get them the victory last year for summer but then it wasn't enough to get them first place this time and like are they going to continue to fall behind as teams like Cloud9 get their shit together team liquid gets better et cetera et cetera like is this have they hit their ceiling and everybody else is starting to slide past them um if you think that the league is in a worse spot than last year then you're like okay well 100t just need to get back to where they were last summer and like we'll we'll be fine they'll they'll go to worlds and everything will be good um but i uh, yeah
1: sorry i was going to chime in like on that point about like does tl have that next gear or are they just going to be less than some of the parts i think to defend 100 Thieves a little bit. They've shown, I think, that they can be a really good team. That they can all be working together and pop off. It's it's purely a consistency concern.
0: No, I agree. I think TL's in a really... Like, I doubt love stickers a little bit here on this. I mean, I guess TL did really well in spring. So maybe I shouldn't doubt as much. But, like, I'm also just a little worried about Team Liquid. Because I'm kind of like, well... Like, this seems a little underwhelming. Uh, and it doesn't... It's not like there's a clear answer as to why Um, it has been underwhelming. I just
2: feel like TL is trying to do too much, almost. Because, like, Centaurn is, like, has, like, his playstyle that he had on FlyQuest and he can, like, pretty successfully do if he wants. If TL just commit to, like, I'm jungling, talk to bot playing front to back every game, they can do it. But, like, there's, like, the Rengar top coming out and all this, like, random shit that kind of keeps happening... And I feel like it just confuses the team.
0: Don't you need like to be TL, versatile to do well internationally?
2: Just, yeah, I'm talking. We're talking about NA. We're, I know, I know. I just
0: at a certain point yeah, in time, yeah. I feel like you do have to be like, we're going to play multiple styles and not get. Yeah, and all,
2: right? and that's why I don't. That's why I actually think that TL will improve the split versus like if if they just if they want to win, they can.
1: I mean, th- there's sometimes a problem that happens in super teams in basketball. Not like super super teams, but like yeah, yeah. everyone's too willing to pass the ball. It's like I have such great teammates around me. Sure, Whippo, yeah, yeah. play your Rangar top, and like yeah. yes, of course, you're so good. Do this, and like you yeah. don't actually have the selfish player who's like just shut the fuck up and like do what I want. You know, it's,
2: it's not even like willing to pass the ball. It's like this this trying to prove that you're a versatile team. You know, you're like yeah, I can't. We can play the top. We are like we have multiple <laughs> strengths. It's like I, I guess. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, All right. Love stickers. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, I'd love to toss it back to you, but we are kind of over time. Is there anything that you want to shout out before we say goodbye?
6: Yeah, I'll just shout out my girlfriend and my cat. Um, and I appreciate all the content you guys make. Uh, have a good night.
0: Have a good night. That is the most Mark Zimmerman response I was about ever. to
6: say,
1: absolutely love stickers is my alt account.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that is, if Mark <laughs> could only shout out two things it would be his girlfriend and his cats
1: shout out Natsume, who always keeps me me company when he's like dad wins dinner and then shout out ashley uh she's the best
0: and not nyanko because he's become a monster i used to think nyanko was the better cat and uh now i've learned that that cat is a, um, a monster um anyway he's
1: great he you
2: just you just suck he, he i mean you didn't
0: shout him out that. just now
2: that is so chill he just sits there
0: He's, that cat is not chill. Normally, he like oh, when we went so over for chill. the board games, that cat was hiding as far away as possible.
2: He's just a little scary cat,
1: aren't you? He's just a little right. scaredy
0: cat. Mark, what do you want to shout out? What do you want to plug besides Ashley and... Uh, no,
1: I think that's about cat. it. Uh, shout out to the Watch My Power Rankings if you haven't, but they're on this channel if you're not watching it live. I mean,
0: there's a ton of stuff you should be promoting.
1: Uh, we did a, a waifu tier list for Genshin Impact... Travis and I really scraping the bottom of the barrel in content creation. Um, check that out. Uh, it's actually
0: pretty good. You get a decent actually, listen to we, Mark we made and some my good jokes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. And then um, Parth, what do you want to shout out?
2: Shout out to the LCS coming back. Then it's, it's like year ten, right? The that's like the theme. Yeah, league, league ten. Yeah, league ten. It'll be league cool. ten, even though. LCS it, 10? What it doesn't it?
0: really make sense because the league was founded in twenty thirteen and
2: we don't know how anniversaries work, alright? It's, yeah. it's the tenth year of LCS. Yeah. Just just give it just give it to the LCS. I'm actually excited for Worlds to be here, so I can go here to all the event venues. Yeah. Especially no, I mean, after COVID.
0: Are you gonna go so, to Mexico City? A,
2: uh, maybe. We'll see <laughs> how it feels about, after Chicago.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, Any content coming down the pipeline for you, Parth? I know you're always working on stuff.
2: Uh, Content? No.
0: I need to follow up with you because I know we talked about doing stuff and then I got distracted, so maybe we'll figure something out. Oh, yeah, yeah. For me, I want to give a couple shout-outs. One, to the interview that I did with Dan and Tony. I feel like even if you don't watch players, I feel like the interview is fun because it is these two dudes that have like outside perspectives on league esports came in and had to learn all about it it's like very fun uh but also i want to give a shout out to players i'm not sponsored although i guess i have to uh, disclose that i'm in it um and receive payment for my very brief appearance uh but um go watch it the first two episodes are free in front of the paramount plus paywall It, it comes out on thursday it is I think really good. Mark and I will be doing content around it because we want to discuss the episodes as they hit. Um, But the first two episodes I think are in front of the paywall. The second two are available also on that day. So you can watch all four if you have a subscription and you can, there's a ton of one month free codes around. So just go find one. Don't pirate it. Please don't pirate it because uh, I think these guys deserve to have-
1: There's a one month free trial, I'm pretty sure. Yes, And I is. know none of you have it right now.
0: Go. So go. just do the free trial. Yes, yes. Uh, Emily Rand in the chat, shout out. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. This has been Hotline League. LCS comes back this weekend. Let's get excited about it. I'm pumped. We're gonna. I'm gonna have interviews. I'm gonna be there. It's gonna be great. Catch you all next time.